So there's the Red Wings, and then there's the Blackhawks. And there's the Rangers and the and the Celtics. The Bruins. And then there's the Avalanche. There's the Penguins. But none of those guys we named a record after, you see. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. everybody welcome to live on four legs podcast the live pearl jam podcast experience and uh it's randy here as always but unfortunately once again uh matt couldn't come on this episode uh i kind of tea i kind of tease that you know this is a a, a t- really tough time of year for matt because he has lots of band gigs and he works a full-time job and he's just got a lot of stuff going on but unfortunately he had an emergency he was ready set for for the show today so sometimes you know it, it's good that the two two occasions where this has happened we've had a guest in place uh but unfortunately today he had to deal with uh, a little bit of an emergency and we're hoping everything is okay with that uh but what will happen i believe we will try to do the end of the show together get his his points in on this uh because we want him to be involved with our little contest that we've been doing which i'm going to get to right now before we get into introducing eddie so um we started up this contest uh and a lot of you wrote in and we thank you all for writing in and and giving your suggestions participating and being really eager to participate so uh what we were doing we asked everybody to write in and uh request a show for us to cover in about two weeks in june which we're going to do and at the end of the show we will pick one of these shows at random uh so if you're listening in and you want to know what show it is uh or one whatever it is uh it will be at the end of the episode so maybe if if you're uh, if you're feeling a little frisky, go go and fast forward a little bit and uh, and and find the spot. But uh, I am going to announce the nominees for this year's. I'm announcing it like an award. It's not a freaking award <laughs> uh, for the contest for this contest. So uh, here we go. We have 16 in total. So uh, Lexington 2016. 
Leeds, 2014, Vienna, 2014, Copenhagen, 2012, Toledo, 2004, New Orleans Jazz Fest, 2016, Denver, 2014, Boston, 2010, San Diego, 2000, Greensville, 2016, DC, 2008, St. Louis, 2000, Boston Night 2, 2004, Alpine Valley, the Ice Bowl, 2000, Las Vegas, Night 1, uh, that is the Vault Show, Aladdin Theater, 1993, which is the only 90s show that we've gotten requested, and Tampa, 2008, which I hope doesn't get picked because it would kind of be a little bit of a Tampa, Tampa back-to-back. So it would be a little redundant. I, I don't want to be rooting against anybody or anything. Uh, but yeah, Tampa after Tampa is not exactly what I want. There are some, there are some choices in there that, uh, that I'm thinking will be really good. There are a lot of really good ones. Uh, you guys did a really good job uh, thinking this through and, and coming up with some good shows and ones that... Honestly, I've never really heard of before. I uh, I didn't really know much about the the ice bowl show at Alpine Valley, and uh, if we don't get to that this time, if if that doesn't get picked, uh, that'll that'll be something we're gonna have to look into uh, this fall or this winter. So, uh, thank you all for writing in again, and I will have to go through a lot of these were. Uh, either Facebook comments or uh, message board comments. So I'll have to go through and actually find the person. But if you do so choose to, uh, you are welcome to come on the show if your show does get picked for the contest. So thanks again, and we will get to the winner at the end of this program. Now for our entertainment for tonight, uh, I introduce our guest, Eddie Quintana. Hello, Eddie. How's it going? Hello. Hello, everyone. It's going good, man. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I've listened for a while now, and I've kind of fallen off recently. There's a lot. I'm in school, so I had a lot of finals, but it's great to be on. I can't wait to talk about my first show ever. Everybody has a first time, and the first time is always pretty memorable. And uh, this is this is one one time, one time only so far for you, right? Yeah, this is my first and only show so far, but I'm hoping that they'll announce a tour soon so that can change. Oh, uh, you know, let's let's hold our breath a little bit. Let's let's wait for that because I, I'm I'm hoping for my first uh, my first time seeing every show in a tour. <laughs> right. That's that's what's gonna happen the next time they go around. I don't think uh, I don't think I'll be able to hold help uh, help myself. Uh, but cool this was your first show and it's kind of in your backyard over in tampa a little bit so what was it like uh preparing for the show and and uh finding out you're getting the tickets and and whatnot um so when the tickets were announced for the show uh, i didn't really necessarily know what we were gonna do um so i didn't have any money and my dad was just recently you know moving up in his job and he was he was trying to he was trying to get as much money as possible so my mom stepped in and actually bought the tickets for me and my my dad which was great um so that's how we got our tickets um we just went to the show the day of and that's where that's where we that's that's where we start and like i can't remember that year i remember that the fenway shows went on sale somewhere like February. So the 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 2016 arena show ones went on sale probably a little bit after Christmas. Does that make sense? 
I, yeah, I, I think I remember it came out within like the first two weeks of January. I want to say is when when they were announced and you could you could buy them. Um, that that sounds right. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think that I had so much trouble getting those uh, MSG shows that I went to that year that um, I, I remember I got locked down on those, and then right after the MSG shows uh, were up, uh, I think Fenway was up, and and I was able to get both of them almost immediately, which seemed uh, pretty impossible in good seats too. Uh, but um, yeah, that's that's like four months of waiting, which I think is the perfect amount of time for a concert. You don't want it to be too long, but you also don't want it to be like two months and because there's a lot of preparation and, and like there's a lot of, you know, you kind of want the waiting to drive you mad a little bit. So, what, what you know, the anticipation, your favorite band, like what what's this all? Describe all this. It was, it was really nice, though, because like, we my band actually really started working on our album the first couple months of 2016 so i actually really kind of forgot about the show i I knew we bought tickets i knew i had them so i wasn't really necessarily worried about it me and my dad would talk about it every so often but i actually kind of forgot about it i focused on school was my senior year so i really wanted to you know finish out strong and um so i kind of forgot about it and then it just kind of showed up uh, it, it it just went by so fast those four months that it just it just kind of showed up and we were going to the show. So I mean it wasn't too long of a wait, but it was a, it was a nice four months. I think I think you're right. Four months is a good time period to wait for a show. Yeah, you just you don't want it to get too much because I remember, man, this uh, this past year with uh, waiting for the Fenway shows because they went on sale around the same time. They went on sale February March ish, and that whole summer watching and seeing all of the European tour stuff stream and the home shows in Seattle and both Wrigley shows and watching them on, on uh, streaming on the pages. I was just, it was, it was the last ones. It's, it takes so freaking long to get to that point that you're just like, I, I have this urge. I have this itch. I need to scratch it. And the only way I can scratch it is if this fucking day comes and then, you don't get any sleep the day before and, and you, you leave for the park to go to the park at 6am to think like, Oh, you're, you're going online for posters, but, uh, none of that happens at first. So it was, that's a long day, but, uh, I, I digress a little bit. I digress a little bit. Um, what now, how much, how much of their live catalog had you been, uh intaking at this time was there you know, did you understand like okay like they might open with something like release or something like pendulum uh or were you, was everything a surprise to you um so in high school uh so i got introduced to pearl jam maybe about eighth grade which was perfect because seventh or eighth grade because it was like a year after backspacer and then they did pearl jam 20 so i just dove right in i i listened to Probably their most easy to listen album is as Backspacer, and then I had this whole movie that I could just watch. So by the time high school came around, I was just like totally focused on Pearl Jam. So I started collecting their live stuff, and so by this point, I, yeah, I was I was taking a lot of live stuff in. I remember in high school just making different set lists 
like my own set list using live from all all across their years of touring and just putting them in my in, in an order of how I would like to see a set list. So sure. yeah, I was total I was totally aware of them opening with release or long road or sometimes and you know and I know that they usually close with like rocking in the free world or yellow lead better or indifference or something like that. So I was totally I totally understood what I was walking into in my opinion, at least from what I could think. So you under you understood all that, and you kind of got like you call it like Pearl Jam set language or something like that, whatever you want to call it. Um, but then I'm, I'm sure your expectations and uh, you know they're a little bit different in, uh, than what maybe you're wanting, what your desires are. So. It, I, I think my first show that I went to, I, I was saying I need I need three songs. I need Rearview Mirror, I need Given a Fly, and I need Black. Uh, and Better Man was kind of on the fringe of that, and I was very, uh, you know, I, I, I knew almost all their catalog at the time, but I wasn't, I was asking for... Uh, for the big guns. So were you asking, did you want more of the big stuff or did you want more of, were, were you picking at some rare stuff? I I definitely wanted some more of the rare side, the more weirder side. Like if they popped in like education, I would have lost my mind. Wow. Like that, like, like, like if they popped in something like black, red, yellow in this set, I would have absolutely like the rare songs I would have lost my mind over. So like, you know this it, as we we're going to talk about the set obviously so they played i believe if i remember correctly one song from riot act and that kind of disappointed me a little bit cuz riot act is my personal favorite album of theirs so just so so i i i definitely lent was leaning on the side of the rarer stuff the weirder stuff the 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 b side stuff that stuff would have would have been awesome to hear so you're kind of it's interesting because you're kind of uh started off in the spot where a lot of people end up because i feel like it's at least for me it was and i I feel like for a lot of other people it would be uh a little bit of the opposite where they're kind of like i I want the even flows i want the alives i want the better man's rearview mirrors that you know the stuff that makes the band the band and but the nice thing is is that you haven't seen any of that other stuff anyway, so it's all going to be new to you. It's all going to feel really fresh to you. Exactly. So, you know, I, I I ate up the Alives, the Even Flows, the Jeremys, the Evolutions, but then, like, I also freaked out at, like, Hard to Imagine, and I also freaked out at uh, uh, um, uh, Love Boat Captain, which is kind of rare, and I also freaked out at In the Moonlight. That was super rare, so, like... I was I was just in the perfect spot. I think this was uh, you're 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 on the money with this. This is a really good show for you know I I don't want to say it's 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 the best kind of show that you want as your first show, but if you're as big as as you were at the time into this, this is this is really the wheelhouse of of where it should be uh for that kind of fan i I always think in my mind like what what would you want uh for a first show and we'll uh once we get to to when we do my first show in a month uh we'll talk about a lot about what i was expecting and a lot about what i was wanting and what 
you know, the differences between what I, what I wanted at the time and what I think now that somebody should be getting at their first show. But you, it seemed like, uh, this is going to be a really good show, uh, for somebody who had really taken in all of their catalog and was fully prepared for it. So, uh, without fur- further ado, I think we should get started with it. What do you think? I, I agree. I agree. Why Why go home? Why go home? Why go home? So, what was uh, every everybody has? You know, the what are what are you going to hear first? Everybody has that. So this was the third show on the tour, and I didn't look at the first two. They did four Florida shows in a row. I didn't look at the first two set list. I I've seen them before, but. Um, this most of this tour year they kind of abandoned the opening up slow and they uh you know they would start out with go or mind your manners or corduroy or or why go in this instance so um and and at this point it's it's probably too soon to to say well you know they've been you know this is the trend that they've been doing so what what was your pick what was your pick for number one um, so I was, I, I wanted, of course, I think, I think a lot of people as one of their first shows, they really want release. I think that it's yeah. just, it's just, it's just, it's one of those songs that like you need to hear live and there, there's a, there's really no other good spot. It sets the mood as an opener and, and it just, it just, it gets, it gets everybody focused. It's kind of a sing along with 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 eddie and and the band gets really into it so i want to release and so i was wanting a slow open but my dad wanted a fast open like he wanted like last exit to open the show or something so he got lucky with the why go and i have to see him again to see a slow open but why go as an opener knocked my socks off i was i was not expecting it it sounds really good it was so much fun and oh it was just such a it's what i didn't know i wanted does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Uh, and that's why you kind of always come back for more with this band because uh, they have so much in their arsenal and they kind of, they have a lot of tricks. They have a lot of stuff that's that's very predictable too. And you can kind of, you can kind of gauge where they're going with things. But then when they come out of the gate with something like Why Go You, they're like, oh, oh, okay, you're right. I wasn't expecting this, but but shit like i'm taking this i'm having all of this so uh why don't we why don't we get to the first song here let's play why go and we'll come back and we'll talk about your the full experience of uh of this being the first song you've ever seen
So you said it was. Uh, sorry if I'm, I'm misquoting you. Uh, <laughs> actually, just just say it again because I, I can't even remember. It was it was such a perfect line that I can't even remember how you put it. Uh, which part? <laughs> there was the, uh, the part the, the the exact thing you said. It was what you were expecting. It was. It was wasn't. It was something that I didn't know I needed. Didn't know you needed. Thank you. That's so. So just talk. Just go off. Talk, talk about how how this really set the mood. Yeah, sure. So um, it just just to just to line it up. Just one last one last thing about uh, the opening is that um, on the way there, me and my dad listened to REM's document. So okay. the ba- the band was running a little late, I think. And so uh, the lights oh, they came were down. That. Yeah, they did that that whole tour. I remember that. They, they they ran about I think twenty minutes late or something like that. My dad was starting to get impatient, but the lights went down and REM's "It Happened Today" came in. Yep. And that was the that was the song. And so everybody was singing the the Eddie harmony at the end. And then they went into "Why Go" and everybody just lost their mind. I was doing the a a just like I just lost it. It it was so perfect and. Oh yeah, I, I I think that this Y Go is super super good. Um, the bass came in heavy. I, I love when 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 they give like some room for the crowd to respond to the drums when it comes in. Yep. And, and the crowd was losing it. Everybody was jumping from from where I could see. Everybody was jumping. The lights were going. It was great. The guitars came in. It was just perfect. It was just perfect. I agree. This is this is such a heavy Jeff song, and I really, it, if if anything, it sounded like you can hear every pluck of of his strings. It sounded like you can feel the strings on the recording. If that makes any sense to you, does, yeah, no, does it does. It? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, if I'm putting together my perfect set, legendary set, and Wygo is in it, I like it two or four a little better. But you know, as as far as uh, as far as an opener for this show went, I think uh, I think it really did its job. I think it worked, and I think it it opened the floor for everything that was to come. Uh, it it so, really it really set the mood. It really did. And um, what came after? Why go here? Uh, Minor matters came right after this. This tour was pretty standard operating procedure where you would get minor matters uh, in the number two spot, and that sort of has pretty much followed them around uh if they hadn't been doing a uh uh you know a, a warm-up uh release nothing man kind of intro uh so you get why go minor manners first off uh and minor manners it's it's getting you into the mood it's 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 pulling you in again uh what'd you what'd you think uh yeah minor manners um I remember when that song came out. I was at my at my uh, grandfather's work helping out, and I had my headphones in, and they were blaring. And I think my aunt told me, "Hey, you got to turn that down. We got people out here." So I, I that song is is one of my personal favorites. I love it. Um, I think this version's great. I have this one little nitpick with just mind your manners in general when they play it live, and that's when you, I found it or when they started playing it in 2013. Um, Near the end of the song, when they're doing the that swell, how do you like your living hell and stuff yeah. like that? When Eddie does the final living hell and he goes for the high voice and his voice cracks, it kind of for me ruins the end of the song. It kind of takes me out of it. So with this version, he didn't do that at all. So it, I love, I love this version of Mind Your Manners. That's interesting that you mentioned that because that's not 
that's not something you know that that's real it's even for somebody that's listened to that song about a hundred times in a hundred different live spots like i i haven't even thought about something as small as that like and I, and I know exactly what you're saying now that 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 you said it you know sometimes that living and he doesn't yeah, actually it, say the word you know mm-hmm, it kind of yeah, doesn't end on, on a sting no it doesn't it just kind of it kind of like it gets off the rails just like right at the very end and it's just it's it's a little unfortunate it takes it takes me out that's i have no other way to explain it it just takes me out of the song and then um one last little blink and you miss it moment for this. My dad told me this actually when he was re-listening to the boot a couple years ago. In the final bridge, um, I have it right here in my notes. Uh, you know the part of the song where they go right around the corner could be bigger than ourselves. That part, the last time they do it, Matt actually loses a stick. And if you look at the video, oh. you can see the stick rolling forward and going in front of the stage. And Matt grabs a stick and gets right back into it. I thought that was super awesome. It, it, you don't even notice it. You but don't this- notice. And, and that's probably the most perfect time in the song because the rest of it is, is very heavy and it needs that and that mm-hmm. drums but that part is a little that's the one where it's kind of very focused on what eddie's doing and and uh matt's backups at the time so like it, i didn't catch it at all that's that's a really good catch by your dad that, yeah, yeah 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 for sure i didn't I did, but and i didn't even notice it during the show and i don't think he did either but just listening to the boot and there's the whole the whole concerts on youtube you can find the video you can see the stick you I think just it's don't, you just don't want to watch it because there's so many fucking ads. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, uh. it's it's so bad. But but just go to, just go watch that part and uh, you can. I think the stick slips out of his hand and it goes forward and you can see it hit the speaker in front and it lands on the stage. So that was that was pretty cool. Matt Matt is a, a Lamborghini, as we'll we'll mention a couple times in the, in this show, and he just and keeps he, going. Yes, he does. He just keeps going and going and. Uh, uh, they're really this first six is all it's streamlined. It's it's back to back to back. Then there's no stopping, and it's not until corduroy and a couple songs where Eddie even says hello to the the audience. Uh, so they go from mind your manners into animal, and this is pretty much uh, look. I I would love animal my first show here, and it, and it's really. Everything in this section is is sort of bringing the energy to. Uh, I don't want to say like it, it's it's overdoing it um, at all. It's it's at this perfect level of where you want it to be, where it has room to build. So mm-hmm. you're getting animal, and then you got got some after animal, and then you kind of hit some heavy hitters in, in the middle there. Uh, I, I it's sort of. Knowing what we know now with the set, it's kind of foretelling because there are a lot of heavy hitters late. Um, but Animal right here, I feel like it's it's a perfect balance song when you play it pretty early in the set. Yeah, I, I like Animal really early in the set. This version of Animal's killer. I think the solo by Mike is really awesome. Um, yeah, it's I think it's for this show at least. It's I think perfectly placed. Um, and 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 to move on to the next song because I, I know I know that got some really isn't like both of your cup of teas. He likes it. I'm I'm not. I I don't care for it. No. Yeah, yeah. So, so Backspacer is my first album. So to hear got some with my dad who showed me Pro Jam, like that's a special moment for me. Would yeah. I want got some later or or another time? 
not not really not maybe but i think even even this first little bit got some right here i think i think it's it, it keeps the momentum going but it doesn't it doesn't overflow it like you said like it doesn't it doesn't ruin it at all and it, and it, i think it goes goes great right after animal so yeah, I look. I I've said all there is to say about got some, uh, and you know, there's there's no me changing my mind. But I think the last time that we we had touched upon the song, uh, it was in the same spot, number four. And I said, if you're gonna play it anywhere, this is where I like it because it's sort of it's still introducing you into the set, and you're not there. You know, there's no stops, there's no breaks yet, so. When you get to a point where it's like late first set or forget it, the encore, forget forget it with the song. <laughs> I, I I will lose my shit when when it does come time to cover that show, whatever what, whichever one it was that I was at where they played it in the encore. Uh, I will I will lose my shit on it. Uh, but this is it, it sort of it's 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 a better blender when it's earlier in the set. Uh, you know it it's it's got a fun it's got a fun vibe to it but later on it just feels like it feels irritating i i agree i agree it does got some does not belong anywhere in the encores at all and maybe you could get away with it if you're doing like a 20 song set maybe 18 17 maybe but it, it belongs in the first in the I, first part i would even argue that if you're doing a set in 2019 that no uh got some really can't be a part of a 20 song set or else it's just it's weird because it's not rare enough to be special and it's not special it's not good enough to be interesting with the you know? with the classics it's not good exactly enough to, to like to be smushed between animal and corduroy like they're like that's really difficult i think i think if you're going to do a set you get rid of got some you do gonna see my friend i think that's that's a i like, i know you're hot on that song i know you are I, I think I think that I think it's just a more it's a more harder song. I don't know. That's just me though. The the version that we did, uh, we covered that when we did the Hartford show a couple weeks ago. Uh, like it's it's not it's not the best. I, I understand fully why they don't want to play it live uh, because it's it's so you know they're they're down tuned on it and it's it's really it it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel tight. It doesn't feel like the tightest song in the world. So, uh, but when they have played it, they have you know back in the Backspacer tour, they were implementing it around this time. Hopefully, it's something that they can kind of fight to get back again. Uh, pun intended. And uh, <laughs> since it's from Backspacer, and uh, you know maybe maybe we get to see it at some point in the future. If there is a future, who the hell knows. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I, I you know pessimistic side of things how many times do you see people on on the facebook pages on the message board they're like so we're not getting an album right uh, when's the album? <laughs> i i, I scroll i've scrolled through and especially this past weekend people are getting real real uh they're they're starting to get kind of pissy about it so uh well just, we'll see we'll see yeah just just let them be they're human beings just like you are you know i agree just let them be. So here, here we get into corduroy. And um, look, uh, I will argue that, like you said, got some in between animal and corduroy is kind of. It does feel weird because animal and corduroy are, are such special songs, and you can even say that mind your manners. It, it it's at least earned its privilege to be 
in this spot in the set. Um, but the way that Corduroy and Love Boat Captain both back to back here and how they present them, uh, there was something that just bothered me a little bit being the four, fifth and sixth songs. Uh, and I want to see if you agree with me. Um, I, so, okay, first of all, with Corduroy, uh, they did the extended version. And yes. I I call this the Wrigley version because this is the fir- that's the first time that I can remember it was uh, Wrigley 2013 and I was in the crowd that night and I I thought it was tremendous I I loved it um, and I loved how sort of the crowd had fooled itself into thinking that they were going into the bridge and sang that part and then they kept going and then they you know kind of uh, laid out and did the uh everything is uh has changed um uh i'm sorry everything has changed uh part um kind of quieter a little bit and then they give the the whole clapping and the yeah 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 so a lot of people are critical about that i want to know what you think about that um do you like this version or what um, so I totally understand like where everybody's coming from on this, and I've seen a lot of this, and I think I've heard you guys talk about this. Um, so the ver- the extended version where they hang out on the bridge a little bit longer, it's a one and done kind of thing for me. Like it was, it's it's different when you're there, and this is my first time. So they could literally do they could play you know Bugs backwards or or Ida Vinta backwards or whatever, and I would not care, but. I think if I if I want to see them again, I don't know if I would want the extended bridge again. I just kind of want I would want them to play it through, you know. It's it's kind of it's it's turned into this thing where it's sort of a a once every other time kind of thing, but it also kind of feels like if you do get this version, it leads to more of an epic show and um the reason why I kind of say this is because in the middle of this bridge before he goes into the everything has chains part. And yes, I fucked that up. Everybody fucks that up. It, it's fine. We're allowed to fuck that part up. <laughs> um, he kind of says, good evening, everybody. How are you? And it's it. I don't want to say it's like a little too late for it, but it's it kind of it's kind of a little too late for it. it it's sort of. You know, and, and then he does that, and we'll get into Love Boat Captain in a second. Um, and what he does in, in Love Boat Captain, which is uh, kind of, you know, if if you're following the Live at the Garden DVD, you remember what he did. Uh, it's it sort of, it feels like that should have been a little earlier to kind of bring you in and introduce you. And now you're in the spot where it's sort of early, it's turning from early to early mid and you kind of want the introduction to already happen. I, you see where I'm coming from here? Or? I, I, see, I see what you're saying, and I, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I, I'm gonna, t- I agree with you, but I'm just gonna also play the other side of that. Um, I, I just don't know where you would, where you would introduce the crowd because why go goes perfectly into mind your manners and then mind your manners goes straight into animal maybe after animal but animal and the got some still really kills it and then um uh i just i think i think for the show i think i think if you're gonna it but at the same time like i don't know where you would do 
where you would introduce the crowd earlier, but if you're going to do the Corduroy Extended Edition, the Extended Bridge Edition, it kind of almost makes sense to introduce the crowd in the extended part, because then what's the point of the extended part? You know, uh, if, if you're... If you just want to jam, that's fine. But, like, if you're going to do it, it makes sense to introduce the crowd there. You see what I'm saying? I, I do see what you're saying, and I completely agree that you can't stop in between any of those songs. It would be a disservice to the crowd. It would be a disservice to the band. Uh, and all these six are played, you know, back to back to back to back to back. So, uh, but I guess my my thing is that, you know, Maybe you go, why go into Animal, into Corduroy, and it feels a little bit more like an it, it, the introduction feels a little bit late to me. That's that's it, and yeah. and it, it's it's not like in the extended version there shouldn't be an introduction because I think that's actually that's perfect. I think it's just uh, in this part of the set, I I think you should kind of be on. Onward to other things. I, I I think the introduction should have came a little earlier. Yeah, that makes sense. I totally agree with you. So it's not you don't have any. You, you would just put corduroy or earlier necessarily, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just construction wise, and yeah. and it doesn't hurt where it is now. But I think it's because both of these songs are kind of like introducing, kind of like introductory. Uh, that's where I get a little. Like, all right, it's a little bit of redundant. If if they just did Corduroy and maybe they came out afterwards and said a little more and then did Love Boat Captain, I could see a little bit different. But, um, you know, again, like the let the show begin, the show's already began. That's so true, yeah. I'm like, it's, it's a little redundant doing that. Uh, yeah. Real quick, just on the, again, the extended version of Corduroy. Um, honestly, I like it. I like it live a lot more than listening to it back on a bootleg, but the only thing I don't like about listening to it on the bootleg is just the the pandering, um, the going back and forth with the crowd, the yeah, 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 and then he does the hee, <laughs> yeah. whatever Michael Jackson thing he's he's trying to accomplish there. I, I, don't, I don't care for that when I'm listening to it back on the bootleg, and honestly, I... I, I I've heard that version a bunch of times live. I didn't really care to do that that part with with Eddie live either. So I don't know how you feel about that. I, and it's I, just I, that I, little section. Yeah, yeah. I totally, I totally agree where you're coming from. I think, I think that if you're there, it doesn't really matter. You're gonna do it anyways. Like you're just gonna, like it just comes naturally. You're gonna, you're gonna participate, especially no matter where you are either. If you're in, especially, but especially if you're in front. Um, and then also my last point on Corduroy is I can confirm that this song is definitely the song where you realize you're at a Pearl Jam show. Ah, thank you. Yes. yes like as for, for my first show, I, after Got Some, it, it was a longer break between Got Some and Corduroy. And I just kept thinking, I was like, pick up a guitar, Eddie, pick up a guitar, Eddie, pick yeah. that, pick it up, pick it up. And when they finally went into Corduroy, I was like, I'm here. This is a Pearl Jam show. Let's get it going. I'm excited. Good. I'm so glad that you said that because I, I feel like we've glanced over that, and I feel like because we've we've talked about Corduroy so often that you know we're just kind of whenever it comes up, we're just all right. Let's let's just talk about the song. But I I have mentioned that a bunch of times that it is the song that you're supposed to say 
here I am, we're at a Pearl Jam show, this is incredible, especially a first one. You can't not go to your first show and not hear Corduroy. I, I know. I, I, yeah, I looking back, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the ones I wanted. Looking back on it, I don't know if... I don't know if I would like the show as much if Corduroy wasn't a part of it. I just don't... I, I don't know. It's just one of the ones that I think it's a perfect It's a perfect song to just be like, all right, here we go. We're starting. So I just want to just want to say that because as the first as a first timer, that's def, that's how I felt. The the song is like, here we go. Be, yeah, it, sh- it should absolutely 100 percent be on everybody's first set. And uh, again, you know, I'm, I don't want to bring up every single time where it's like, oh, here's my first show. And me be like, well, my first show. But um, we will get to a lot of those same points uh, when we do. Uh, my first show in 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 a month or whatever it is, and like that's that is a main main focal point of conversation there. How Corduroy was was the same realization of where I was, and you know even though release was a realization too, but Corduroy was the you know uh, wake up from 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 the dream. It was the confirmation, like okay, this is this is really happening. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we mentioned Love Boat Captain, and uh, we're going to play it for you right now because I, I absolutely love what they do before uh, this version. And uh, they did, there's another version uh, on the European tour where they did this, and it was for about like, th- this is a little, little, uh, a little shorter. Uh, they did it for about like three three minutes. I want to say it was something like Krakow or I don't know one of the other you know mid European countries. Something I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there was a version where they just they were just jamming in the beginning and it sounded so good. And you'll listen to this and they they do it for a short time here, but it still sounds really good. And then once they kind of go into that. And you have this realization of what they're doing. You're gonna you're gonna really enjoy it. So here is that uh, beginning part of Love Boat Captain and into a little bit. And you'll hear the uh, the let the show begin part as we uh, we had mentioned before. Just another day This got forgotten place First comes love and then comes pain Let the show begin Questions arise and answers fall So that, uh, that little jam there So that's not something... They don't play Love Love Boat Captain that often anymore. So, you know, even if you're like 
plugged in on most of their live discography, uh, you might not realize what's going on. So what was in your head? What did, what did you think they were going to transition into here? So when Corduroy was done, I had no idea where they would go from here. So it it picks up almost immediately uh, with the, 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 the chorus chords, and then they come in and do the jam. Um, and I thought, I was totally off guard, I thought it was a new song. And I was kind of freaking out a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a new song. Because I was trying to place it, and I was like, I don't, I don't hear anything. I don't remember this song. I don't... And then when they and then like you said when they finally go into the boom 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 I lost my mind I was like oh it's Love Boat Captain this is so awesome yeah uh, so yeah that was pretty cool that was pretty cool I, I really enjoyed that it's uh, when and I had the same because I had heard it for the first time this past summer when when uh, streaming whatever European show that was because I think they, they I mean they went back to Riot Act a lot this past summer yeah they did. Um, you know, you you are uh, got involved in a couple of shows, uh, uh, thumbing my way, and and Love Boat Captain I, I think made three of the shows, which is is kind of crazy uh, yeah. when 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 you think about how little it's really gotten played since since Riot Act. Uh, but yeah, I, I I just remember the same thing, thinking like, okay, this is a jam, but where and what can it go into? And then once you get that part, it's it's almost euphoric that it's, and it kind of gives you that goosebump vibe that like they just did something incredible. You know, yeah, yeah. The, there were a lot of these for me with a lot of a lot of goosebump vibes for me during the show, and this was definitely one of them for me. I, I really enjoyed this this song, and Riot Act's my favorite album, so having Lobo Captain is just it's just really awesome. Yeah, and again, they do uh, the the let the show begin part. That's the same line they did live at the garden. I think if they if they did just did it normally, let the games begin, I think I wouldn't have had as pr- much of a problem with the introduction thing. But it's just it, it felt redundant doing two introductions kind of when you're you're in the middle. So I, I agree. And then this this uh, I don't know if they've done this somewhere else, but. When I, I know that they've done this for other songs, but at the first chorus, when he he when he go what's it's a uh, it ends with in uh, all you need is love, and it goes into the F breakdown, and then Mike does a solo. He didn't actually say love, and I actually kind of like that because then when he actually does say it in the second chorus near the end of the song, I feel like it's more impactful like that. So, yeah, um, I, the best that I can think of at the moment is kind of like. Uh, earlier versions of Jeremy, mm-hmm. where yeah, that's what I was thinking of. They yep. don't do the first chorus, and then it, it's uh, or sometimes they would actually play the chorus. Eddie would just kind of go like just saying uh or something, whatever, right. just following the, the pace. And sometimes they just went right into clearly. I remember picking on the boy. Right. Um, uh, that's that's as close as I can think of without. But that that's even that's more egregious because you're taking out a whole part of the song. So, um, right. As far as that, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, that, that is a, a nice little, uh, change of pace. And with the, you, you caught two things already that I haven't caught in this that are like, you know, 
you, you got to be really quick to pick up on these things. So that's that's a good job by you. Trust me, I was not picking up these things when I was at the show. But no, you're was, probably just freaking out. Yeah, I was just absolutely losing my mind. But I've listened to this boot a lot, so I, I've and my dad has too. So we just pick up on all this stuff. So after Love Boat Catherine here, Eddie says we have lots of family and friends here tonight. Who knew that we knew a lot of folks in Tampa? And he's really just making small talk. Uh, acknowledges a young child by saying he won't cuss tonight and he'll limit his middle fingers. And he also, uh, he does stick up his middle finger and then puts uh, his hand in front of it as to not show the child with headphones in the crowd. Um, that's that's a hell of a first show to go to right there. Uh, absolutely. And I just, I, I love the joke that Eddie makes on that. He, um, he says... Um, uh, I won't. I won't do this that much. I'll keep doing this. And he gives him a thumbs up. And he goes. But sometimes in life, as you grow up, you'll find out that the the other way is useful at times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's kind of. Uh, that's kind of like his. Uh, his using the usage of the word "fuck" uh, speech that he had this past Fenway year. That that kind of has that same vibe to it. Yeah. Dad. That's Dad Ed coming out. It really is. Yep. Uh, and he goes into the next one by saying, "This is for." One of their friends in Cocoa Beach. Uh, yes. It is low light, and low light feels really, really good in the spot. It's uh, It has that mid... I, I don't know what it is, but I always feel like when you hear it mid-set, as opposed to that you know early uh, you know, ease-in set, uh, it feels a lot different. It feels almost comforting instead of like hesitant it feels hesitant in the beginning because it's still you're still warming up you're still trying to figure out the crowd is the is the crowd going to be into this early and then there's also the emotional factor that you're pouring a little bit more emotion into it when it's second or third song in and here i feel like they can be a little bit um a little bit lighter with it that they can just kind of or a little bit looser and that that's what it felt it felt good and loose yeah uh, you know my entire like life i've been making my own you know pearl jam set list and so put it just it's just it's just like second nature to put low light in the two or three spot as an of course as, as like but this spot feels really it feels really good it's like a it's a cool down song after the the just the openers that we had for for this for this set so i i really i really enjoyed the placement of this song for this um for this song but uh, but also when you when you think about it a little bit it, it's kind of it's kind of taking the place of elderly woman and not just spot wise but it's uh it's now it's it's now got a responsibility this song since it's it turned and we've talked about this so so much about how you know they went for years not playing it and then they kind of they eased into it a little bit and then it became you know out of nowhere probably around 2010 or so it was in it was a staple and you can almost you know assume it was going to be part of every show um this is this is a sing-along this is utilizing the sing-along spot and that's such i don't know it it makes me feel so much better about the song because again like it feels the way that I used to listen to the song, I'm like, yeah, that that's nice. It's it's a it's a nice song on the album, and hearing it live is is cool. But now it it feels they've turned this from that kind of like 
all right, this is an okay song into like, this is a special song. And I can't think of any other song that they've, they've done that with. No, I can't, I can't either. And I'm, I'm happy for that. Sure. Yeah, no. So, so am I, uh, it's, it's turned from kind of like, I don't know, I, I guess you'd call it rare or just, uh, a glue song into a sing-along, uh, uh, I can't think of any other band that can do that with a song that's what 10 number 10 or number 11. I think it's number 10 on the album. Mm -hmm. Uh, that wasn't a single that was just kind of there that, that was written by their bassist. Uh, so I mean, prop props to them for being able to, to do that. And obviously, uh, one of the big reasons why we can really appreciate and love this band is because, they can take a song like that and the you know i i'll have to i'll have to mention the fans too because this this song probably doesn't get the play that it does without the fans appreciation for it so uh, absolutely and then just my final piece on it is um every time every time when i was there listening to it over and over again when eddie holds out that final note it's just it's great it's great and then everybody just kind of right in the middle, they kind of wait for it. And then they all start this standing ovation round of applause. It's, it's really, it's a moment. It's a, it's definitely a good moment. Uh, for sure. Show. Uh, red mosquito comes afterwards. Um, not the only no code in the show, but close to, um, the band is really tight here. Uh, you know, I, I don't really have, uh, I don't really have much to say on Red Mosquito besides I can't really help but thinking that Ed is just a slight breath off of the pacing on how he usually sings on the album version of the song and 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 the live version and it's not like he's late per se it's it's almost purposeful so uh, for example the the Red Man's your neighbor and then he kind of I'll, I'll I'll sort of sing it Red Man's your neighbor call it behavior and it's it's just a a slight pause and and you want to be singing along with him and it's kind of it's a little jarring yeah i i I can i can totally see that um yeah that that, that makes a lot of sense um red mosquito is a is a favorite of mine it's one of my dad's absolute favorites and so i think it was a joy for him to see that song and then when the song started I totally, totally thought it was half full. That's my riot act bias showing, but I totally thought it was half full, huh. and and I don't, I don't know why. I really don't. But um, uh, it has but, that like that beginning that dum 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 yeah dum dum. It has, I guess that that bluesy one two three go kind of kind of feel right. to it. Right. It was in and like you said, it was really cool to get no code. It's not the only no code, but it's it's really cool to get no code. Um and I just I just love the sound. I think Mike's guitar always sounds usually most most of the times always sounds on point on this song and it just sounds really good and the band's really tight here. So after Red Mosquito here, we go into Hard to Imagine and they start playing it and as far as I know, I've never seen hard to imagine in this part of the set and 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 i never especially played this way in the beginning and i never seen uh them play it and kind of play it continuously with ed talking over it so stone starts playing and it's sort of 
kind of sounds cut off. Uh, it sounds like Matt sort of stops, and then they kind of go back into it and they extend it because Ed is saying over the song that it's dedicated to a man named Bill uh, who survived brain cancer. This is a request for uh, a guy named Bill. Bill had to get through uh, a rough part of something I know a bit about. He was able to survive a, a hard thing called brain cancer. He's on the good side of it now. Bill. And now he's got a little daughter, Olivia. And uh, we'd like to send this one out to that lovely couple. We actually just uh, we just got a message from his wife saying that uh, you know that, that there were uh, that this song was dedicated to them and I'm uh, reaching back to them to see if we can hear from them and uh, to see if we can get a story from them because I would love to hear his uh, his story about this and if we can fit it in somewhere then uh i think we can make for for some really good uh make a really good story and you know that's obviously surviving brain cancer is incredible so uh you know if we can share uh, a story of inspiration and hope uh then you know I, that's more important than talking about a a bunch of songs and i know in a list of of songs in a show in florida so right uh um so anyway uh it's it kind of here here's and i and, and i feel bad now because look i i think they i think it's it's well done i think i think it's performed really well um but my and i i don't want to speak negatively of it after saying all that and i don't want to say that this is negative but um, it's it's a rare case of a song that's a rare song becoming normalized um, when you put it in a common part of a set. Uh, and usually you'll see a song like this and it's a rare song and it makes the set, it, it sort of makes the set pop out a little bit because it's not something that you'll hear in this spot. But I think this does the opposite. And maybe it's because we've touched up on Hard to Imagine the last two weeks. It's been it was an opener last week. Before that, it was part of the a very rare section of an encore. Uh, and now it's kind of in in the middle here before even flow, and it it feels really normalized. I don't know if you're uh, if you're on board with what I'm saying here, but um, yeah, I think. Uh, it's I, I totally agree that hard to imagine is um, it's becoming less of a lost dog and more of like a just a normal dog. It's becoming more just like more people are knowing about this song. More people are wanting to see this song. I I, I totally agree with that. I think I think the thing to remember here is that it it's the it's where the song feels special. It feels special as an opener, and it feels special in an encore where special things are going on this is this is kind of just just placed in between a set and and although you know it's it's dedicated and uh that's the best thing about the song that that they went out and uh and saw that that 
this was a, uh, a dedication that that Bill uh, had requested this. Um, it just feels like you put a rare song in this spot, and it and it and and maybe we can turn a negative into a positive here. It feels like it belongs here. It feels like it blends. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. I think I think that it, it's it's finding its spot in the set for not being in a lot of sets over the last, you know, 25 years or however long they've had this song in their, in their, uh, catalog. But, um, I, I, I don't, I, I like it here. I think, I think it, I think it's a slow one that, um, that, that builds, it, it starts off slow. I think the thing with hard to imagine is you have to get the atmosphere right. And so, yeah, when, when, when you give a shout out to someone like Bill who, who, who had this an amazing story and, and then they start going into the song and then it ends with this big, like, you know just like big ending like it, it, it i think if i think it goes well i think i think it, i think it works and the big ending good certainly certainly moves us into even flow pretty well yeah no i i i thought that almost being in the spot that it didn't necessarily have the build as much especially because that that intro just kind of kept going on and on and on i thought that it stayed pretty even keel the whole entire time and and maybe that's the difference between you know hearing it as an opener and hearing it here is that when it's an opener and you do get that build it really feels like it's escalating and here you've already built this is what uh nine or ten number ten songs something right i've lost count but i i think it's number nine uh but you've already built you've already kind of built the foundation of the set so it's not the build feels a little less euphoric. It feels a little less uh, um, powerful. I agree. I agree. So, uh, not to say that the meaning is less powerful because it absolutely isn't. Because uh, uh, man, they really that. I mean, they they went out and they played a song that they almost never play uh, for a fan that absolutely deserved it. So, uh, you know. All, all criticism aside, that was a phenomenal choice for for them to do anywhere in the set in this one, and just even mentioning Bill by name. I mean, mention it, you can't dedicate an opener to somebody, so uh, or it would just maybe seem a little weird to do yeah. that. So uh, I told I totally understand. Uh, Ed says here he's drove some fancy cars in his life, and that's going to lead to a, a story a little later. And I think he's really kind of, um, at this point, sort of putting a little nod to, to Matt Cameron, uh, saying that this is kind of going to be driven by by Cameron here. And, and of course, it's even flow. Um, Ed's having fun with this. And it's kind of in the way he knows he's played it a ton of times, and he knows that the crowd has seen it a ton of times, besides you. Uh, right. So it, he's kind of that, that part where it gets to the... He kind of does a like almost an imitation of himself. He's like, he doesn't, he can't help what he's happy. He looks insane. Like he kind of does that like deep imitation of himself. Yeah. Uh, and it's just kind of sarcastic embellished and it's fun. It's not really, uh, I wouldn't see it as him just trying to get through another version of even flow. It's, it's just, I, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of good vibes going on the stage right now. Yeah, I, I agree. It was it was fun to see live. It was it was super cool. Um, 
uh, this version I think is is awesome. I don't I didn't write it down, but I think that I think you're right with the the deep in, imitation of himself during that line. But I also think he changed it to where it said, "I can't help when I'm happy. I look insane." I think that's the I think that's what he said for that, and that was super oh. cool to hear. I if, if I if I remember correctly, I so mean, it turns I, a little more meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's doing an imitation of himself while speaking in the first person. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. It was it was super cool to hear that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's yeah. I'm listening to it. Didn't I didn't. I didn't notice. Yeah, I'm listening to it right now. It's the version where he says, "I can't help when I'm happy. I look insane," and he goes. It goes really up when he says I'm insane, and yeah, that's really, yeah. that's so cool. It's so yeah. cool. And you can I, I I was watching the video at that point, uh, and he had this face on like he went like bug eyed wide. Uh, yeah, it's part, yeah. so yeah, it's pretty. Oh uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. And then and then I love my my one thing with even flow that I love, and it, and if you do it all the time, it's not special anymore. But when when Mike's done soloing and everybody's you know jumping up and down everybody's top you know freaking out and 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 they've done their solo bit and they're trying to build back up into the last chorus and everybody just kind of chills and gives matt the chance to solo on his drums i love that i absolutely love when they allow matt to solo into the final chorus i think it's it's a very small solo but i think right it's very subtle it's very subtle and 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 everybody's kind of breathe in a little bit but it it the small even the smallest little bit of drum solo i think it's super awesome yeah i agree because you're right there's not in most shows there's not a lot of you know shining moments for matt like there is for mike or it's really the moments the 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 guys that get the moments are either mike or ed or uh if there's a very uh, heavy boom song like a crazy mary or uh a love rain or me uh you're gonna you're gonna get a boom moment but you know stone doesn't really get his moments too much uh jeff really doesn't get a lot of jeff centric moments uh unless it's something like him playing guitar on b-girl or something like that uh but smile sure or smile uh but even that it's just kind of that that feels more of like full band uh kind of encapsulating so um yeah when you do get a special moment from that it does feel like it's that much richer uh when it happens um and that takes us mid-set here into um this is this is really interesting post even flow is really interesting in this set because it's it's so much different than anything we've we've covered and even there's there's a lot of there's a lot of lightning bolt or you know it, it it can be perceived as heavy lightning bolt but even during that initial lightning bolt tour in in 2013 you weren't hearing this part of the set uh structured like this so uh the way that we're going to get into this from even flow is uh we're going to get into a live on four legs debut we got two of oh, them. This wow is, yeah this is the first of two yep. i didn't know that that's cool man and with that, I think we no, we have not completed lightning bolt because we have not done sleeping by myself. Oh, darn, so close. Yeah, I know. Um, and obviously, we we are nowhere close to to completing Lost Dogs. But here it is, a live on four legs debut. Get excited for it, my father's son. It's a Jeff song. 
hey, we got a bunch of Jeff songs in the show. So uh, let's hear it. this before so when it does come up with with matt and i it'll it'll uh it'll feel fresh again which is nice uh they've only played it i think 15 or 16 times i didn't write that down i'm an idiot i wrote down that this was the last time that they had played it uh 13 it had been played 13 times so i kind of shortchanged it a little bit or overchanged. i don't i'm whatever i did uh <laughs> uh it's not like the most exciting song on lightning bolt but i actually it's it's probably upper tier of my favorite lightning bolt songs uh more than you know let the records play or uh you know or yellow moon and stuff like i i like yellow moon so i wouldn't even throw that swallowed hole i would say as part of that um but i i saw the live debut of this in buffalo and they could not figure it out they like the intro to it and either i think jeff was off with the tuning and they were it, it was kind of it was kind of a, a throwaway uh they couldn't figure it out and this was and it's funny because this is the last time that they've played it to this date so the tuning on this it just feels you know we're gonna get get into getaway in a second too it just feels like these downtuned you know songs from from the last album it, it's i don't know it's got a weird vibe to it it's 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 transitioning nice after evenflow but i'm not i i don't know this the sound vibe of it is is just a little dark for me even yeah, though the song I, is dark yeah I, I totally i totally agree with what you're saying i wrote that down in my notes i said a weird placement for this song i think um it's it's definitely a weaker song off lightning bolt i i but it's it's not bad or anything um yeah it's just i don't know i really don't know if the band knows what to do with this song you know or, or where to put it oh it reminds um, it reminds me of marker in the sand it's kind of like it it, it 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 fits pretty well on the album but when you play it live you almost have to it has to stand alone like you have to sort of and, and and in this part here, after Evenflow, you're kind of starting a new section, but it works because it can kind of stand alone by itself where you says, all right, well, my father's son doesn't really fit in a section with daughter and everything that comes after daughter. So uh, it can kind of stand free, you know, stand alone by itself, I, you know? I, yeah. It's a, it's a rare occasion where it can. But it, you're right. It it is incredibly difficult to place it. Yeah, and uh, I wrote down it's a. I, I feel I feel like the episodes I've listened to you guys, I've I've heard I I've, I hear this all the time. So I didn't. 
I'm gonna say um, take it or leave it for me. I feel like you guys say that a lot, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna throw that in there. Make sure that we get that in this episode. It's a take it for leave it. It's a take it or leave it for me. Um, it was cool to hear it. It's cool that I get to knock that out of my list and I can fill it with other songs that I wanted to hear. I also wrote down that maybe instead of my father's son coming out of Evenflow, you could play like a a a, a cooler cooler song you know moving into the daughter and the later part of the first set so maybe like an in my tree or a faithful would have worked here pretty well i think those Um, are those are pretty typical to go after even flow i think uh i think you're on track there uh pacing pacing wise i think my father's son was was it was nice to not go into something a little light like i i would think that the move on most nights would be to go to to given a fly Right, yeah. And that would sort of, it would just kind of, it would change things. But it didn't feel like my father's son took took the set in another direction. It felt like it, w- it was good glue for it. Right, yeah, I agree. I think I think, I think think it would have been weird to not have a song between Even Flow going into Daughter. So it was nice to get my father's son to transition us into Daughter. Right, and uh, that's where we'll be right now. That's... Uh, it's a pretty common spot for daughter, I would say. Yeah. Uh, out of all the daughters that we've done, about a billion. Um, but it's it's nothing too special. It's typical spot. It's typical sound. It moves the set along nicely. Uh, tag is another brick in the wall. And really the best part about the tag is at the end where Ed isn't really pandering to the hey 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 part anymore but the crowd just decides upon itself that they're going to continue doing it yeah and that's not something that usually happens at the end of the tag and and i think like the sort of ed's face afterwards was like wow good job you guys nice all right cool yeah um it was really cool to be there with uh with the that i mean that's that's awesome um it's nice to hear daughter um, again, I don't know if I would want to hear it again on another show that I go to. You're gonna, I'm, so just, just you know. Right, right. But the thing, with, the thing with Daughter is that even if I do get it, hopefully the tags will be different. That's the, that, that's what that's what I think. I'm. I, I heard Daughter, cool. Now it's time to hear some of the tags that I want to hear. Like it's okay, or I know I know you love WMA by itself, but to hear WMA tagged on to Daughter. Um, and then my personal favorite, it would be cool to be at a night where Ed's really pissed off and he does war tagged along with daughter. That'd be really cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's going all the way back to the show box. Yeah. I mean, that's a great version. That's a really great version. They kill, they, they absolutely just nail daughter and then Eddie just gets so pissed and he does war and it's so nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's yeah. If if I do hear daughter again, hopefully I hear it's okay or you know WMA. I think I think that would be cool. Um, yeah, um, that's that's what I got to say for daughter. I kind of in in a sense I kind of hate that daughter is has turned into a song that's about the tags because the minute you hear it, it, it's it's really it's a three minute song and then you're into the tag. The tags last about double the amount of time that that it takes to play the actual song. So I, I just I hate that it's it's become about the tags and it's and really there 
outside of what we just mentioned, the 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 three and and you know the whatever snippets they decide to do with uh, Blitzkrieg Bop or whatever else they decide to kind of sing speak or chant chant along with the crowd, uh, there aren't a lot of other options. They don't go back and do war. They don't go back and do some of their early stuff uh, like Androgynous Mind or yeah. or stuff they were doing in the early nineties. Uh, so. That that makes me a little less interested to hear daughter, knowing that the tags might not they aren't going to be something that different from the last thing I saw. So, but yeah. for you, but for you, you you got a you got a wide open palette right now. Yeah, I do. So, no, it was yeah. Uh, that takes us into getaway, uh, and before the song, I don't know if if. I didn't look at the actual set set list of this. I should have. Uh, I'm sure it's out there. Do you have Do you have the picture of the set? Or? I do. I do have the picture up here. This was definitely on the set, right? Yes, it was. It was. Um, All right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. because they get a he gets a towel thrown on stage and it says get away, either it get away to Tampa Bay or get away to TB. I think it was to TB. Um, I don't remember that, but I didn't really like pay attention. I listened to the bootleg and then okay just so so i don't i don't remember that but i it sounds right it sounds right yeah and he 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 has it draped over his uh his neck the entire time it it, it was cool it was just somebody just put you know uh duct tape on a towel or or whatever it was so um uh that kind of gets us into this one we've heard we heard the last time we talked about this it was the live debut and um i like how we're hearing it now sort of you know this is the 15th time out of 16 times that they've played it uh and it's it feels like it has grown since that first time that 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 we heard it that was played in charlotte of 2013 uh i was really tough on it in that show because i really had high expectations for it and this one the way it's performed here i think i had mentioned that stone was trying to do way too much was trying to do that whole intro and this was stone and mike going back and forth kind of tag teaming it and sounded a lot better to me yeah um i remember during the lightning bolt tour i was like wow they haven't played getaway yet i remember listening to the to the to the live debut and and it sounded it sounded all right but i think i like i think i like this version better and i think i think it's for the reasons you mentioned about stone in the intro that sounds that sounds about right and again, it does suffer quality-wise from the drop tuning. Uh, I, I don't know what it is about that and the studio version that they can't play it exactly like the studio version sounds, but the drop tuning to me is just, I don't know, again, it's darker than the song's intention and also ed's not getting his voice elevated to that really high spot that he gets in the it's okay uh, he kind of he, he kind of holds off a little bit from that yeah it's a getaway is a personal favorite of mine so it was really cool really cool to hear it but yeah something about the song they just haven't been able to get get the get the atmosphere right like like we talked about in hard to imagine they just something about getaway Something about um, a couple of the other songs, they just they just can't seem to get it right, and I, I I would assume it's the drop tuning. I just don't know. I I just don't know why. Uh, what else What else it could be? You know. So. 
the one thing I did really like about this was at the end, um, if you notice, there was just this like slight little extension instead of, uh, you know, the final chord where, where you originally are supposed to hear the final chord. It's like maybe like a measure and it, it's just kind of, it feels like it flows really nicely to finish and you're not expecting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I know what you're saying. So I, I, we're not playing the song, so I can't really explain it much more than that. But um, again, this is on YouTube. You guys can go out and uh, and listen to it and find it. If this is a, a spot you really think that uh, that you need to listen to, it's 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 just it's slight. It it it, it it's nice. It was a, it was a nice little thing for somebody not paying attention. Um, Ed talks here. He says that, and this is going back to the fast car uh, thing, uh, motioning to Cameron, what he was saying before. He said, he t- tells a little story, and he says he used to work as a hotel security guard. After midnight, when the valets went home, he had to park the cars. So it was a fancy hotel, San Diego. Statue of limitations have run out, so uh, now he can tell this story. That's that's what he said. I'm reading verbatim because sometimes any quotes can just go on and, and on, on and on and, and on. on. <laughs> we need another podcast just for any quotes. That would be awesome. Ugh. Matt Matt's not doing that one. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> he does A for the time and B for uh, for the subject matter. So yeah. Uh, he says sometimes fancy cars would come in and the night auditor was senile so he didn't know what the fuck was going on so there were these fast cars that were just sitting around a lot just sitting there 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning he was bored, he was doing his rounds and he sees this key, these keys in this box he sees a yellow Lamborghini and then he's like what's the one with the horse uh, what, what did he call it a Ferrari. I, uh, yeah, he said Ferrari. I think he was trying to say Mustang, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not a car guy, but... Neither I, am I, so... <laughs> I just... I literally... I, I still have a CD player in my car, so it's, that's that's how much of a not, not a car guy I am. Uh, and he says, sees this yellow Lamborghini, and it was too tempting for a 24-year-old. I had to grab the keys. I had to take it for a spin. I was never going to own one of these cars even in some crazy wild dream where i was in a band that had some money i wouldn't even buy one of these cars which he doesn't seem like he he probably no. has he probably has a van yeah he's, he's got kids you know uh he says palm trees are going by he's going from gear to gear go, only in second gear and he says the palm trees are just feel like they're they're flying right past him and he's just you know, says all these fancy cars. The reason why he's telling the story is that all these fancy cars, nothing rode how like how this drummer rides right here. The Ferrari, the Lamborghini, Matt Cameron, and dedicates the next song for the surfers that like to go surfing at midnight because he's one of them. And hey, won't you know it? It's a Matt Cameron lyric song. And uh, what else is it? It's a live on Four Legs debut. You got two Whoa. live on four legs debuts in the show. That's crazy. What's the most that someone's gotten, or like just the most in general? Ooh, uh, the the first show where all of it were live. Yeah, on you're, four right. Legs you're, debuts. Right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. 
it's in the moonlight and we're going to play it for you since it's a debut because we don't know when we're going to hear it again we say that all the time so you have to when you get it you have to grab it and you have to say please don't leave us don't go on me so here it is in the moonlight enjoy talking about this before about you wanting some of the rare stuff you said education black red yellow were was stuff that you mentioned you're getting in the moonlight and yeah. it's the third time that they've ever played it out of the four that's pretty fucking cool yeah no that's something i didn't even notice until maybe a couple months ago i was listening to one of your shows and i was just uh, messing around on a uh, live footsteps and i was like oh let me go to my show that i went to and I looked at the overall tour, and like this show is like the fifth show on like the rarity rankings. And I was like, why is that? And I was like, wow, in the moonlight. Wow, they only played it four times. Wow, this is the third time they played it. That was something that like I didn't take for granted at the time, but like it's so special to me now hearing in the moonlight. Uh, it was just so awesome. Yeah, and I, I think like going to PJ20 for anybody that went to both nights at PJ20 and you got. Like, I mean, basically, you you knocked off so much off your check checklist. I think that was the first time they ever did in the moonlight, and I'm not sure it might have been the first time they ever did education too. Uh, if not the first, then definitely second or third. Really, really, uh, no, it definitely wasn't the first time they did education because that uh, Vic Theater show they definitely did that. So it was, mm-hmm. but again, yeah. they almost never play it. Um, so I sort of kind of forget how rare it is because I say to myself, like, I, I've gotten it. I don't, I'm not chasing it like a lost dog that I'd be chasing. Uh, you know, I guess I'm chasing B-Girl because I haven't heard it before, but B-Girl is one of the more common rare ones. That, like, that one we've played probably five times, and I've never seen that live. Uh, and you know, then there's stuff like Hitchhiker, which they only done once. Uh, but I, I like the song a lot and I, and I say that, but 
I see why they don't play it live because it's a little bit plotting. Uh, it just kind of I don't, something feels a little off kilter about it. That the the pacing of the song doesn't really it shouldn't really exist in a live atmosphere. Do you know where I'm coming from with this? Yeah, I totally understand. Um, it's it it it's choppy in the sense that like it it goes from a verse to like a bridge kind of and then it goes to the chorus but then right. it comes back to a verse and then the bridge and then it rides out on the chorus and it just doesn't like and then there's a mic solo in there for a little bit it's just kind of all over the place um in the moonlight is actually the only binaural song uh binaural era song we get we don't get any binaural but this is a binaural Shocker. b-side so uh it was it was cool it was cool to hear that um but yeah i totally get where you're coming from with that it's uh it's all over the place when it comes to just like the sorting of the song and the and the real in the flow of the song yeah and there was one thing that really just kind of that stuck out to me that i really disliked and it was how ed delivered the words following you and it was uh um i i don't know how I and I can't remember how on the album he does it, but it, it seems more smooth. And in this, he's saying, Night Bird is following you, and it, and it feels really crammed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying with that. Yeah, yeah, so it, I, it, it sounds it sounds a lot better in the studio than it does in, in the live performances, but that's also, I think, because they don't play it all that often, and they sure they, they're just they're just doing this to, to you know, it's rare they don't. They probably never practice it. They, so I would, I would say probably not. But uh, you know, it's it's probably one of those that just remembering the lyrics in itself is is impressive. So, uh, and and I think he did miss a couple a couple lines in this, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, even even at the show, I kind of I kind of just kind of stopped singing along because I didn't know like where I was or where what he was saying, and I didn't know if he was just going to repeat another verse to fill in a couple lines or something yeah right I, I, even even at the show i noticed that he was kind of off with the lyrics a little bit and again if if this is the third time that they're going to play the song and out of what i don't i don't remember uh 108 shows uh it took before in between the second and third play of this so look a couple of years yeah. um I give them the pass. That's that's fine. If they miss a couple of words, uh, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to package the next two together because they are songs that we hear very commonly on this show. Uh, one of them we hear pretty much every show. Uh, Jeremy comes up next, and it sounds very good. Uh, these two, I, I feel like, I know I mentioned before that Jeff doesn't get his moments, but I feel like Jeff drove uh, these next two songs. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm, I with agree. The next one being uh, "Do the Evolution." It just it felt like the bass was very poignant, and very heavy in in both songs. Obviously, Jeremy is is a bass song, but um, I, I felt like the energy from Jeff just transferred into "Do the Evolution" perfectly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Jeremy was really nice to hear for my first show. It was it was one of those songs again that I didn't know I needed. Till I got it, um, and then ever since then, Jeremy's just rising up on on my uh, uh, all time favorite Pearl Jam song. So it's with the benefit of hindsight, it's really nice to hear. Um, re-listening to the bootleg for Jer- or for the bootleg and listening to Jeremy again, 
it sounds like they almost played a little slower than what they normally do back and back before and i don't know maybe that's just me but it it almost feels like eddie has time to breathe and get the next words ready get the next line ready without just running through it i feel like uh, and i feel like i heard it more slowed down in the second verse than at other points in the song but that was a note i picked up on it which was which was nice i like i like jeremy slowed down a, l- a little bit see I, I don't know if i picked up on that um i kind of i was going off of what the passion and the energy at the end was and that felt really full and really powerful and it felt i guess i guess you can say fast but um i i don't know and some and sometimes look granted i i had i had today to research this and i had listened to this uh, a couple of weeks ago but i had today to do the notes and when you're middle of the set here and you have a lot more to go and you have ads everywhere on youtube before you were nice enough to send me the bootleg um i'm i'm, I'm gonna take the break during jeremy uh yeah. to of of just like really focusing in and, and paying attention so uh the good catch by you if if that was something that you know that was done uh but i again i think i was i was just like all right this sounds I'm listening for the energy. I'm listening for the passion because sometimes they can just kind of uh, punt on it, and and I heard it, so I, I was into it. So yeah, uh, yeah. evolution, though. Uh, anything you got besides the baseline sounding really good here? Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was a super tight version of evolution. Um, uh, and then since this took place before the election of 2016, there was a lyric change at the end of, at the end of the song. It's st- instead of um at the end him saying this ignorant immigrant uh this ignorant indians got nothing on me he changed it to the ignorant immigrants got nothing on me so hmm. it, that was kind of a little dig at trump i think um which i mean listen eddie wrote pro-choice on mtv unplug so we know <laughs> we know what we're getting with this band if you don't if you don't know yet then you you haven't been paying attention especially during the bush years so I, I didn't notice it at the show, but re-listening to it, I think uh, um, it's it's a really good version. I didn't, um, and I noticed the line re-listening to the um, to the to the song. There there was another political dig later uh, in the show um, that we'll get to at some point. But yeah, it, this is not. I think anybody with half a brain that would be listening to the show knows where they stand politically and are probably okay with it because everybody everybody has opinions everybody has a voice i think it's the people that are sort of like not necessarily super fans that are are just kind of taken aback by it um but look if you've listened to this podcast before you know where we stand uh, it's it's no it's no surprise i mean i i don't want to say the majority of pearl jam fans uh share uh how we feel but look it, it's 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 not a shocker and we don't uh you know we don't care what anybody else thinks we just sometimes uh have a platform f- to share how we feel. So uh, I really got nothing, nothing politically to say today, though. So uh, yeah, no, neither do I. So I yeah. just wanted, to, I just wanted to point out that lyric change. And then my no, final note, my my final note was that uh, in the video, it looks like Stone's really into this song. Um, uh, this he, is, he looks like he's 
going crazy. And that, there's yeah. your stone. There's your stone moment. That's why they do it every night. Yeah, it's I, the stone solo in evolution. So, yep. but it uh, looked like it looked like he was getting into it more than some of the other times I've seen uh, them play the song. Yeah, and and poor Stone because Stone sometimes he can go a whole show and 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 not be mentioned by name. Uh, and I I don't know why. Uh, I I think maybe Eddie just takes him for granted sometimes. Uh, but and and obviously you're hearing the sound reverberating from Matt. You're hearing the sound reverberating from Mike, and they're going to be the ones that Ed sort of points out. But you know Stone. Stone needs his his, uh, his time in the sun too, not just with mankind. Uh, this is a cool little moment here, though. This yes, is... it was. It was so cool. And I was actually really recently I was uh, watching uh, Pink Pop '92, and I saw what they what they were what was returned to them here. Uh, Ed points something out in the crowd, and it is a cow. It's like a little, I don't know if it's stuffed, I don't know if it's paper mache, but um, it's the same cow that was on Stone's, Stone's Amp back in those early years. So if you go back to the Pink Pop show, and there are a couple of shots that are right behind Stone, you can see that same cow. And then I also, I also did some research after the show trying to find the cow. And if you go to the blood from 1995 that was featured in Pearl Jam 20, uh-huh. like one of the first shots is the lights fading up and Eddie's doing his head banging thing because it's blood in 95. Of course yeah. it is. And you see the cow right behind him. So it's it just type in blood 95. It's the first video. It's right there. It was so cool that that cow was returned and brought back to them. That was super awesome. And you see, I was I was sort of thinking at some point. I'm like, how can a fan have that? How and, I know. and how can they just you know just decide? Okay, let let's let's send it up to them and and like why why do they have that? How do they have that? And the other pessimistic thought in my mind is this: is this just somebody that just made their own cow? and wanted to give it to them but this ed seemed like he seemed like you you've come home cow we're going to put you back where you belong the, the funniest thing was watching the rewatching the video and ed holds the cow and he's looking at it and he goes it's back and he cuddles with it it was i was like what are you doing it's a cow but it was so funny to see ed just like cuddle with this cow oh it was it was so funny it was it's such a such a cool like just is a real moment you know like it, it, you have relationships with people then you have relationships with and an inanimate objects that you feel like you've treated like people uh you know you go through things uh and i don't know you have things like around the house and maybe sometimes when or i think a really good example of this would be like a t-shirt and if you've uh you know everybody that's watched seinfeld knows uh knows the golden boy um and you know you sort of you get like this t-shirt and and for a while you 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 wear it you wear it for years and years and years and then all of a sudden you're just kind of like well i got other t-shirts now so this is sort of in the back and then you move and and you pack it up in other boxes and you don't you know it's not with your other clothes but then when you find it you're like it's golden boy i have it (laughs) back and then you know maybe you wear it once or twice i i the closest thing i've had with that was when i uh i wore my pj20 shirt to uh 
to Fenway this past year to, it was I wanted to wear it because it was my 20th show. Uh, but I was, I was very happy that I found it in the condition that I found it in. And, uh, now it is, it is kind of in rotation as a gym shirt now. So, cause it got, it got absolutely ruined at that show being under the lamps at Fenway. So, um, I really like the transition that Eddie does with this. He he puts the cow on Stone's amp and he goes, this is what happens when you milk a cow for blood. And he turns around and they count in for blood. And he does that thing where he hangs off the mic and he's looking backwards. That was so cool. Yeah, that's this is a really good version of blood. I uh, we've heard some bloods lately that have been that have felt a little off. Um, You know, just just it's a tough song to perfect uh mm-hmm. and even this one wasn't uh wasn't perfect but they they were able to keep the energy up and uh and small mistakes didn't derail the song it was really the last three of this set were really good and and like you said the blood 95 with 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 the cow the cow the cow is back where it belongs yeah it, it worked out and i just want to i i think that um for me personally um, one of my favorite main set enders is blood. I don't know. I don't know why. I just love it in that spot. I think it's a great main set ender. Um, it's 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 because it's different than the the porches or the rearview mirrors, but um, but yet it's still like a classic song. It's from verses. Like everybody knows verses. Like right. And so and it's really powerful. Like it's just a really powerful song. So I I, I love it in this spot. It's a, it's a different vibe. It feels like maybe. Like, oh, they aren't going to actually end here. They're going to do something else. But when they do end, it's like, all right, you know what? That was actually, that was pretty fitting. That worked. Because yeah. mm-hmm. now, mean. you know, now I'm kind of pumped. I'm kind of ready. And and we get to the encore. Uh, Ed is, he's rambling. And really, I did not, I, I, I didn't recite verbatim what he's saying here. Because he's, he's just like. He's just talking. <laughs> he's mumbling and he's, he's, he's saying something about heavy things and we've been through a lot. And it's just, all right, uh, there's nothing really specific. So, and also, I, I again, the, the fucking ads on YouTube <laughs> made <laughs> yeah. me not want to write all this stuff because I had to go back and, and do all that shit. So um, they start off Encore with uh, Pendulum, which is uh, for anybody that has ever uh seen the band in the last six years they know that pendulum is was an opener for that whole lightning bolt tour and around this time they they started uh to play around with it a little bit and put it in different spots and it made its way to the encore and we said the last time we got pendulum in an encore that it was like getting the common rare card in a pack of pokemon cards that you know when you when you get a rare card you're like ah oh, this this has to be worth something but it's no it's the rare card that ain't worth jack shit so <laughs> but now i'm kind of able to let that go because you know we've there's enough time that's passed and now we can kind of see the song for how different its placement is in the beginning of the set into this beginning of a new set and it actually to me when they open with it it, there's always like this hesitation this like eerie feel and this feels here that it's more complete that it's full that it's sort of a breath of fresh air 
uh, compared to the typical first encore songs because you know we're you usually get something kind of uh, cool cooled down, but this is it still has an eerie vibe to it. So it's just dynamic more than than the way that they would play it when they open with it. It's sort of the same way that that we had mentioned uh, how Lightning Bolt is. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Low Light is played differently uh, when played second than played seventh. Right, I agree. I, I really enjoy the placement for Pendulum. It's kind of like it's like flipping the page over. You know, you get the first seventeen songs in the first set. Now it's time for a, you know the two encores, and and it's like a new, it's like another opener almost. Um, I I really enjoy this song. Um, it's uh, it's very uh, it's one of my favorites off Lightning Bolt. Um, and then the to 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 go off your point of it feeling complete of the pendulums that I of the the live versions of pen, Pendulum that I've seen and listened to, something with the end of the song they almost feel like they don't know how to end it. And so, like some people, right? Want it's kind of got that, like, right, right. And like some, and some people will go on for another bar, but Matt will stop, or Matt will keep going, and everybody's done. So he's just kind of gotta, you know, hurry up and do like a bump, but a dump, bump, bump, or something, right. you know. But like right. with this, everybody's fading out. You know, they're holding on to a note. The feed, the guitar feedback's going, and Matt does the final drum roll, and it just stops, and it feels like it's done, like it's it's complete. It's a finished song, and it's. I really enjoy this version of uh, Pend- Pendulum. I'm glad that I'm glad that you said that because I knew that there was something a little bit different about it that sounded, and that's why we use the word complete um, and full. Uh, and I guess I that's like the ninth point that you made that I I didn't realize something of a song when you know we've heard it about a billion times, but yeah, they do trail off when they tend to play it open opening up, uh, but. You know that that's that's right on point. They, they it definitely felt more finished. Um, and to go back on what I was saying before, since I, I wrote it down here, uh, I think it also feels uh, it feels wanted here more than it does. Uh, I, and I've seen this in an encore before, and I I was very much very much leave it. I didn't I didn't want it in the encore at all. But when you have stuff like in the moonlight and love boat captain and hard to imagine in your first set i think it's i think it's okay to Mm kind of get that that common one back in the encore so uh that takes us into off he goes um which is exactly where i love this song and we talked about it so much they take such a good job of taking this kind of downtrodden a little bit uh you know a little bit sad, a little bit sort of distant kind of song and, and turning it into something fun and kind of loose and enjoyable. And I, I really, I've always loved it in the encore spot here. I, I agree. I, it was, it was really nice to see that one. Um, after the show, my dad was saying that like, he was really glad he saw this one too. There was a couple that he saw red mosquito evolution. This one that he was really glad that he saw this one. So, um, you know, off he goes as a, classic song and i like it i like it in this spot um just to 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 tell like what was going on in the concert at this point i was pretty high up and so at by this by this point in the show 
everybody was kind of starting to sit down around us, and me and my dad were the only ones kind of standing by this point. And we're oh. not sh- we're we're not short. We're not we're not short at all. We're six one, six two. Yeah. And it felt kind of awkward standing there. And so I think it was that either like right in the middle of the song or right at the start of the next song, we just kind of sat down until about I think maybe near the end of this encore. Um, and but yeah, that was that was that's what was going on with us uh, at this point. People were starting to sit down. It was kind of awkward, so we we just sat down with them. I, I hate to be old man at cr- uh, old man yells at cloud here, but uh, and it should be the exact opposite. But look, I the last concert that I saw was Mumford and Sons back in March, and uh, we were standing like it was first three songs in. We were standing, and the guy behind us was sitting. And he taps me on the back. He says, hey, would you mind sitting down? And I, 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 ripped, I ripped into him. I'm like, nope. I'm at a fucking concert. I'm standing. And it just, our section, I don't know what it was that night, but our section wasn't, it, nobody was interested in standing. Every, every, you know, other sections, it was kind of scattered throughout. And I don't know if it's just... Uh, the way that their crowd uh, takes in their show, or, or what? But uh, I, I was I was a little disappointed that 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 you know, and and I felt like we were kind of sticking out like a sore thumb standing after a while. So we that's did. The, yeah, that's exactly how how I, how I think we felt. That's no, that's how I know. Or I know that's how I felt when that when that was going on. It was just weird. But just to like put that in perspective, like could you imagine if you're at this show, right? And you said it was three songs in at Mumford and Sons, right? Yeah, three or four. Yeah. Could you imagine after Animal, someone taps you on the back and is like, hey, "Do you mind if you just like take oh, a punch seat real quick?" Oh my I god, I know, right? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> absolutely no fucking way. And even look, I, I I think you're I think you're a little light on this in the encore. I I would not sit down. No, uh, I'm very much, unless it's like really something that, you know, isn't really inviting the fans in. And I'm thinking something kind of like a thumbing my way uh, that like you have to cool down during. And and it's not something that like consists of high singing or anything like that. Um, Or like the uh, end. Yeah, right. That's that's another song. Future Days, something like that. Uh, I would I would never. I would never even consider it. And even during those songs, the best that I would do is I would sit on the, like the top of the seat, like the edge of it. So I'm still sort of standing. So kind of ready for whatever's coming next. No, that, that, that I, I, I don't want to insult your, your, your people down in Florida, but that's a Florida crowd. I mean, I mean, I, I've only been to a couple <laughs> shows in Florida, so I'm not, I hate, I take no offense. My dad felt exactly the same as way he, I'm pretty sure he said something to the effect of there's no fucking way we should be sta- sitting down right now at a program show. Um, so, something like that. Um, yeah. so yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, if you, if you were in the, if you were in the garden and somebody did that, like you're, you're done, you're, you're getting thrown out the, at the gates. So, uh, yeah, even if it's even if it's slow, even if it's slow. Um, right. Next one, and you know what? That Mumford and Son show was in Albany, and it's not like you know Albany is this you know hotbed for 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 music. So, I, yeah. I, I guess it's just based on location. It, it, I would say like Philly and Chicago and New York. If you sit down during certain shows, you're you know that's your fault. 
not, yeah. not anybody else's. Uh, Comeback is next, and Ed tees it up by saying, this is a song for a hockey player. And he says, most, most songs are written about hockey players or Johnny Ramone or my dog Hank. And I had actually said this to you before we went on because I said uh, the first time I had heard this, I'm like, this has to be about Gordie Howe. And because it was 2016, I knew that he had passed in 2016. I didn't know the date. It was uh, Gordie Howe passed in June of this year. It was literally, I think, like 24 hours. No, he, and this is going back to when I was working at ESPN and having to deal with this all the time. Uh, I remember this day very clearly because it was the day of Muhammad Ali's funeral. So either, I don't remember how many days it took from Muhammad Ali's passing to get to his funeral, but like nobody was talking about Gordie Howe because... It was Muhammad Ali's funeral, and fucking Bill Clinton and Billy Crystal are doing speeches. So yeah. there's no time to talk about Gordie Howe, which is is a is a damn shame in itself. But um, you know, considering that I that my my dog is named after Gordie Howe, I, I was I was very excited to uh, to talk about to talking about a dedication. But we don't we between us we we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I just yeah, there's yeah, we didn't find anything in particular, and no, no, nothing on the internet really helped us out either. So no, stupid internet. Yeah, think, gosh darn when it. Think, when you think Google has all the answers, they ain't got shit. No, so. they got shit, man. So, uh, but comeback sounded really good, no matter who it was dedicated to. Um, uh, it, it's just it. Sometimes the song can feel a little too sad, yeah. and it can feel like. You want to break down in tears, and I'll go back to a version uh, from Memphis in 2014. It was after Jack White's uh, keyboard player had passed, and he had passed like hours before the show had started. So that oh, was wow. probably probably a game time decision to do that. And I was, I mean, I was at the I was at the rail, so I was able to feel the emotion coming from the band and and coming from Ed, who was nearly in tears, uh, and. You know, like that really stuck out to me as just like, wow, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't see the song uh, in that kind of fashion before that. But now, like, now that I've seen it that way, it, I like this version. It's it's emotional, but it's more powerful and uplifting emotion than just like sort of hopeless emotion. Yeah. I agree. It's it, it it for me. Come back is very has a very special place in my heart. Um, and and you're right. The first the first part, like especially in the studio version, he he's barely getting through the words, and then everything stops, and Mike Mike's gu- guitar comes in, and everybody's just screaming, "Come back, come back!" And it's just it changes. It changes from like helplessness to like hopeful near the end, and it's 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 amazing. It's one of Pearl Jam's most emotional songs ever. It, uh- yeah, it absolutely is, um, and you know I, I think it's something that on the album you just don't. At least I didn't put that into perspective that it was supposed to be that emotional. And then after seeing it live a couple of times, that you, you just realize that uh, wow, this is kind of 
heavy, heavy stuff. So, mm-hmm. and then you follow that up with Inside Job, and you have the most powerful ending to, and I and I know that's look that that's that's tough competition with with release, but like comeback and Inside Job ending an album, that's Oof. that's pretty. That's powerful that's shit. That's a lot. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So uh after this one ed says you got the red wings you got the blackhawks you've got the rangers you got the bruins fuck the bruins uh <laughs> and and fuck the blues too fuck both those teams and fuck the cup this year uh i hell somebody could have won the cup by the time that this uh this show had aired but um and he mentions the avalanche and then he mentions the penguins who get the absolute worst reaction in the world which they should uh and i can't remember if the lightning played the penguins that year in the playoffs I, it feels like they've played the penguins a lot in the playoffs uh in the conference finals and i think maybe that year was was one of them uh but that was april april so they're getting right before uh right before playoff season uh they said none of these guys were none of these teams were named after a record you see and he says cue the special effects now the tesla coil goes off in the arena and uh and we get rocking the lightning bolt so uh cool moment and let's hear let's hear the lightning bolt go off and uh and let's hear them them start the song here cue the special effect now to a lightning game back in 2017 and i was incredibly disappointed that they didn't take the ice to you know the you gotta know you'll never let her go she's landing but like that is that not the perfect for that team to, no, to enter the ice to like how are how are they not capitalizing on that no, I don't know. I don't know, but that's perfect, and and it was it was it's perfect. I love this moment of the show. It always brings me. It always brings a smile on my face. That and another point in the show always brings a smile on my face. But yeah, it was super awesome there. Um, it, it was it fit perfectly. Um, they should keep doing that and use it until the end of the world because it it just fits so well. I yeah I agree, and I I think it, at some points I've said that lightning bolt really didn't deserve to be in an encore, but here where you're in, you know, how do you pronounce it? Amelie, Amelie, Amelie arena, Amelie arena. Okay. So you're there where the lightning fucking play, make it, make it a spotlight. And it really, it works. And, and they're on fire during this song. Uh, I'm just disappointed because again, 
this is my nephew's hockey team. I took I took him to go see a game uh, two years ago in 2017, and uh, they need to do right by my nephew. He needs to hear lightning bolt in the arena. So if anybody out there is part of the Tampa Arena crew at Emily, uh, fucking get on it. <laughs> Play this song. Yeah. And it's also kind of funny that both of our first shows there are hockey references because even though he says half of their songs are are about hockey players they don't really talk about hockey too much but uh uh my first show there was there was a uh, a mention of brian leach and mark messier and a let's go rangers chant and that was probably my favorite moment of that show so that was that was super awesome. Another little little moment that I really enjoy is right before, right after the special effect, and everybody's cheering and they're doing the main riff. Eddie comes running up to them, like going up to the mic, and you hear that laugh that he does right before he starts singing. Yeah, that's that's so cool. I love I love hearing stuff like that. He's so he's just so happy, you know. You feel it all through throughout the show, like he and he taps into a lot of his his uh, his joy with some anger too and we'll get to that in a couple of songs uh but i think it's all just like happy anger it's happy emotion it's happy uh they're enjoying themselves and 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 it, and it shows they're you know if they if they don't play a song perfectly they're not letting it kind of tear them apart uh you know there's even depressing content in this show and and he's not letting it tear him apart so uh this is this is good the energy the energy in this arena this night is is real good Mm -hmm. Um, it was it was really good being there too uh yeah you you can tell some shows some shows when you get boots it's it's a little tough to tell uh how the crowd is reacting and and right they're they're into it um but you can tell you can tell the crowd is into it in this show, but you can tell more that the band is into it than, yeah, than the crowd Yeah, I agree. Is. I agree. So, uh, Lucan comes next, and we don't spend a lot of time on Lucan, so we won't. Uh, it's it's another Eddie throwing in the towel after, you know, after getting Halfway. the first few. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> He's just kind of doing the, ah, da, 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 and you know what? But it's not... It's not a throw in the towel because he's saying fuck it. He's just this is a throwing in the towel because everybody is just having fun. And while I roll my eyes at that part, I don't do it with absolute hatred towards what he's doing. The the note I wrote down was just uh, I just wrote awesome, and then I um, I also wrote down I'm so used to making my own Pearl Jam set list that I have a version of Luckin that goes straight into Not for You. And I was at the show. I was oh, like, oh my god. Yeah, that's typical. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, they're going to go into Not For You next. And they don't, but they also kind of stop, and it kind of go, it kind of goes straight into Porch, which is really cool. But um, yeah, that's that's the note I wrote down for uh, for the song. Uh, usually, yeah, Lucan is best, you know, transitional. Obviously, you can't really do much else with it besides get you pumped for the next song, and it's not, you know... Obviously, you want the next song to be just as energetic and fired up. Uh, but then when you have Riffy Porch and the stupid little, uh, yeah. a little bit softer now, a little bit softer now, a little bit softer now. Uh, I just, I think I hate when they go soft on that more than I hate the Riffy stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it's, it's like, it's like for me, the, the intro porch, the Riffy Porch 
Um, it's it's a one and done for me. And I know that they. And I know it's not a one and done for them. They'll keep doing it. They'll keep can doing I, it that way. Can I ask ever. you something? Sure. I, uh, so obviously you you see it at the show and, and it's kind of like whatever. But from listening to this podcast, have you like have we sort of turned you off to that? Because we we talk about this nonstop, and and Matt Matt and I off uh, uh, off mic will be like, do you do you, do you think that we're uh, you know, we're latching on to people that people are like, yeah, fuck Riffy Porch, or do they not care? Um, so the first time I heard Riffy Porch was from Austin City Limits in 2010 or 2009. I think it's 2009. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I thought the way that they did it was super cool. And it was, it was, it was super awesome. Um, seeing it this way live didn't bother me. I was in the moment. It was my first show. They could have done like i said throughout this entire show they could have almost done anything and i would have lost my shit so um but yeah after listening to you guys and just it's just that they keep doing it every time they yeah. play porch yeah. like it's just like oh uh, i like the idea that you guys came out where like like love boat captain they kind of jam on it and right. then maybe maybe they stop and then like eddie goes one two three four what the fuck is this like that would be yeah. so cool Sure. Like that that's a that's a great idea. Or even just start it like one, two, three, four, you know, and go into it. But like they do it every time they play porch. It's just so oh it's just I'm just so over it at this point. It's showing their hand, like nobody's stupid, nobody is sitting there being like, What what is this? What is this? It, it's it's coming, but I, I'm not sure what it is. Nobody is that fucking stupid at this point. <laughs> right. Everybody knows even, that this is porch. That's your first show and you fucking knew. So yeah. uh, again. Um, I don't, I don't want to get too long winded on that, but, uh, there are versions of porch that I feel like it, it's sort of the, I get the vibe of like, we're bored of this too. You know, I, cause I listen, you get porch almost every show and you're like, all right, what's different. And right. sometimes it just kind of feels like it's very similar. And I didn't get that feel of like, okay, we're bored of playing it because we played it every night here. I, I feel maybe it's early in the tour and they're just like really tapped in and really dialed in that they really, uh, they really pulled into something on this and, and it worked. I, I, I enjoyed three fourths of this version of porch. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I always, I always enjoy porch live. I love it. Um, once we get past the, the opening part, I always think Mike kills the solo basically almost every time. And, um, stones riff, uh, just listening in on the stone side, the bef- the bum 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 right before the last chorus, and they build up on that. When they when they get that part right, I think it almost kind of saves the song for me and makes the song. Um, I just love that riff so much, and I and it was it was fun to belt out that last chorus. Yeah, uh, look, I think that's another. I mean, it's 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 sort of inevitable now that you're going to get porch at every show, but I think it's another first time that it's gotta be in your first time uh for shows yeah i agree Just, it, it, it's 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 a it's a moment it's um it's an experience and uh um you know again it just kind of encapsulates who the band is and 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 what they're so good at doing um and that sort of takes us into the second encore so um i forget what eddie says here whatever he says blah 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 blah. Uh, i'm drinking wine whatever he says uh he ends up saying but this is for the people in the back and of course i get this uh 
this all, you know, like whenever he says that, it's kind of like you already know it's a 50-50 shot. So I'm just, I always plead to myself that if this happens at a show that I'm at, and I'm just like, please not let's kiss, please not let's kiss, please not let's kiss. I'm, I'm not necessarily like really asking for elderly woman here because I don't really want it in the second encore, but I want it way more than last kiss. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the thing with elderly woman at this particular show, though, is that so when 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 we got when me and my dad got there, we got there maybe about let's see, the show started about eight twenty. We got there maybe about five thirty, five o'clock. People were already there. You know, we were just hanging out. We went and got our shirts. We, I, you know, we were looking at all all the all the stuff. Did you get a poster um, or no? Um. Uh, my dad talked me out of, out of getting into a poster. I kind of regret it now, but, um, yeah, he talked me out of getting a poster. So, sorry you'll, for sh- shouting you out like that, dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm definitely, I'll definitely probably get a poster at the next show I go to. But, um, so we were, we were kind of hanging out, right? And, um, you know, they, everybody started forming up lines and all the people who got like general mission in the floor seats and all those stuff, they, they started lining up first and, we noticed, like, it was maybe about an hour and a half before the show started, we noticed a drone in the air. And we didn't know hmm. what it was. and Because it, it's 2016, it's before people, everybody had drones. Now, yeah, yeah. You know? So we were like, whoa, what's that? That's cool. And, I, and we just didn't think anything of it. But during this version of Elderly Woman, uh, uh, the big monitors that they had up there, it was actually Pearl Jam's drone. And it showed the fans getting in line and just the oh, fans waving and everything. So cool. when So when... So when they got to the, I just want to scream, hello, like it made it that much more engaging because it sh- they were showing the fans, you know, coming to the show. And it was it was it was a sweet moment. It's in my top three moments of the show for sure. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a special elderly woman for um, for the people who were there. That is really cool. Um, I, I, I that's such a. It's such a them thing to do, but For I sure. feel like I feel like I, I now that I hear it, I'm like I want it more often. Like I want to see them do it. Not every show, but every good show. You know, right. I feel like for good fans that really do deserve it, that would be such a cool little nod to them. Um, the the only the only thing that I can think of uh, that's even close to that was the one time I saw the Beastie Boys. Uh, 2004 Nassau Coliseum. Um, they played a video before, and it was like I don't know if it's interview. It was interviewing fans outside the arena before, or it had something to do with that. But that was the intro to their show before they opened up with whatever. I, honestly, I, I don't remember much about that show besides like uh, it was old. You know, forty-year-old white guys moshing in the pit, and I'm like, "All right, <laughs> this is cool." Uh, but that was a that was a cool show to to say now that you know to say I've seen the Beastie Boys is I don't think about it a lot, but that is that is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. But anything else about elderly woman or? Uh, no, um, I didn't. But when they said we'll play it for the people in the back, I didn't even think about Last Kiss, but. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, that they played Elderly Woman instead. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the ultimate because that was that happened at my first show, Last Kiss. And I'm like, all right, well, at least I saw it. I can I can check it off now. Got yeah. it out of the way. But that, that's nice. Um, 
this is this is a long second encore, by the way. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I had to yes, I had to make a lot of decisions here on what I wanted to what we wanted to hear and what we didn't want to hear. Uh, and there there are a lot of tough decisions, and the next not playing the next one is going to be tough. Uh, and maybe we'll get it in. I I don't know, but uh, Ed says here. Uh, we've been blessed to know a bunch of vets over the years, and it's amazing to see how much them and their families have sacrificed. Uh, one of our nearest and dearest friends, Thomas Young, we mentioned him on the show last week. Uh, we got to know him in 2014. Oh, uh, no. He said, we got to, I, I cut off that sentence. He said, we got to know them, we got to know him, and in 2014, he, he passed away. Um that was probably a sentence I should have finished. Uh, they made a film about him and a book uh, that came out tomorrow at that point. Uh, it is one that I'm reading at this current uh, moment. It is called Thomas Young's War. Uh, I recommend it to anybody that is interested in, in that sort of uh, thing. And yes, there are uh, Pearl Jam references in the book because he is a massive, massive fan. There are pictures of him and Eddie in the book. So uh you know you get that tie-in uh but he says it mentions things like that's not getting the proper health care that it's all stuff that's touched up on in the book and this is the only the other political thing uh he's like i'm holding people to task that uh the people that we elect uh we have have to take care of this stuff and then i i write in parentheses narrative voice and that never happened uh <laughs> because it never happened um and What's interesting, Florida, uh, he says Florida is 8.5% of the state are, are veterans, which uh, I didn't know. I didn't um, know that either. Yeah, it's it makes sense because mm-hmm. um, not only is the South very, you know, more military-based uh, than, than northern states are, but also you do have... Uh, people that kind of flock down from northern states that that live in Florida, and especially uh, you know older vets, you know World War II vets, and now uh, uh, Korean War and Vietnam War vets uh, are probably you know if if they lived in Ohio and you know now they they migrate down to to Florida now, so it makes a lot of a lot of sense it's top three uh veteran state in the country it's just kind of crazy so uh then he shouts out uh vets mike and his um and his son mike jr and talks a little about wounded warriors and taking the funds from the shows and donating it to that uh organization so uh that brings us into cover of john lennon's imagine um when they first started doing this, because this was kind of in the middle, uh, I, I feel like they first started doing it in 2014, uh, and it didn't sound that good yet when they were doing it. it. It sounded like they were just experimenting, but this version really feel feels like it, it was the first that sounded really, really good. Uh, you know, the earliest that I've heard that sounded really good, because I think they started off... It, it, uh, it being just Ed, but then when Matt comes in with with the drums in in the chorus, everything just sounds. It, it's kind of it's kind of a goosebump kind of moment. Yeah, this was a total surprise for me. I didn't even. I know that I had uh, imagined by Eddie by himself, and I know that they experimented with it before. 
and placing it in the set but it was just a total surprise for me but it was it was totally welcoming i i, I really liked it it was really it was really cool to be there with the every i think Maybe you can see this in the video. I don't. I don't remember. But everybody held their phone camera lights yeah. up, and we just we just kind of waved it, and that was cool. Um, yeah. Flies. Yep. It was. It was. It was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a total surprise, which is nice. So yeah, I really, I really liked it. The only thing I disliked about this um, was when mid song they're into it, and he's like, "Carrie, Carrie, get my guitar, get my guitar down." Like, oh uh, yeah, I, he's done that before. Uh, the most egregious one that I can think of, uh, that I've seen was when they did off he goes in Buffalo, uh, 2013. And, you know, throughout the first verse, he said it twice, carry guitar, carry guitar. And I'm just like, this is my first time seeing the song. And I'm like, what did no, and it it ruins it on the bootleg. But then again, it's kind of like, I laugh at it a little bit because I'm like, eh, it's kind of a dick. Yeah, (laughs) he can't be sometimes. Yeah, Uh, that takes us into wasted reprise, life wasted, Uh, both together here, which we have done before, but it's not often. So I'm going to take the opportunity to, because this is one I think I think you wanted to highlight a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to do the transition from uh, reprise to wasted and. and this is one where the lefty specialist works. Last week, I think we did it into porch, and I wasn't a fan, but of course, it's going to work into life wasted. So, let's uh, let's hear how all that worked. I faced it, a life wasted. I'm never going back again. Haven't tasted a life wasted. I'm never going back again I skipped it A life wasted I'm never going back again gonna let you let you talk about this one um what what'd you think um i absolutely love when they do the transition of a wasted reprise into life wasted and this was easily maybe my second favorite moment of the entire show is is this um i i love 
I love the transition like this, and, and Wasted Reprise can't really work. I know they've done it by itself, but it's just so much more powerful with Life Wasted uh, attached onto it. It was it was a blast to see those two sh- to to see those two songs back to back. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, uh, I I agree. Um, it's I think this is how it was meant to be uh, to have to be played live. At least the the reprise part to be played before Life Wasted. Uh, you know, I, I like reprise before Better Man as well, but that's that's it. That's that's all that I like. That's all that I think works on it. Um, but you know, seeing first show, I actually kind of thought that my first show or at least the first time that i thought about how they would do shows without doing any research besides uh, live at the garden um i thought that they would open a show going from wasted reprise into life wasted because it was kind of um uh system of down when i saw system of down at one point uh they did uh they opened with uh welcome to the soldier side and went right into byob uh, which is how that went on the album, and that's why it's like perfect transition. But I saw, I saw the correlation between, you know, kind of like that kind of slow, you know, beginning, and then going into something just like that, just has that that angst and that that real, you know, taps into that uh, that excitement and anger. Yeah, it was it was great. The only little thing that I had was something about life wasted just seemed off. I don't know. I don't know if it was like just the way this the, the I mean, it might have been the tuning, but it was it was a little lower than what it normally is. But yeah, by the by the time by the time they're at the end of the they're at the bridge and they go into the final chorus and Mike's going crazy, everybody's going absolutely crazy. It doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. Um, yeah, it's just, at it's, first it throws you off. Yeah, this one. Um it's not totally tuned down, but I, I definitely, I think it's in between where it gets real bad and where it sounds the best. Yeah. That's for, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But, um, it does seem like he's tapping into something like pretty, he's getting into like angry Ed mode here. Yeah, he is. It was, uh, yeah, it's, it's really angry. Yeah. So I, I, I liked it. Uh, and we we got to move on because man, there's just this encore too is just it's heavy. It goes heavy. on. It goes it's on. Heavy. You you wouldn't think that they would do life wasted into better man because like it just that the way that you see the encores you get like one or one maybe two like maybe a black or maybe something like that pretty early then you get one maybe before alive and then a cover and then uh the bread and butter but there's way more than bread and butter in this and uh yeah it 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 sort of undercuts uh i i didn't even say that the on the first encore i think was a total of six songs really you know lucan was really made it five almost if you want to say that it yeah, Luke and six, but like time wise, it felt more like five probably. But uh, this encore, I think, is eight or nine, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. That's I think nine might be. It, well, do you count Wasted Reprise as well as a song? So maybe yeah, yeah, it's kind of eight or nine. There, yeah, eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, um, the the last thing about he the Eddie asked to see the special effect one more time, and uh, being that's at, what that was. 
being at the show that was uh, that was super funny because everybody's just looking at the at the at the the, the, the Tesla the whatever it's called the um, right and and nothing's going on and Eddie's they're they're building Matt's got the drum beat the drum roll and nothing happens and he's like he says something to the effect of like well maybe next time or not this time or something that was funny right and he goes I want straight, straight into I, better I, man I wonder if uh, I mean that that probably wasn't run by their lighting board uh, it was probably somebody. You know that uh, whoever whoever works at the arena that that does that on a normal basis was probably doing it, not one of Pearl Jam's tech guys. So once they knew the spot to do it, they probably were like, "Okay, well, I can go home for the night, or you know, go to wherever my post was before that." And they probably had no idea uh, that he was even going to tee it up again. Yeah. So that's what I'm guessing, uh, man. Uh, better man here uh, you're just you're stealing the show this is this is uh you know i, I wince no words uh mince no words by saying this but um this encore two is like up and fighting you know the the great encore twos and by the great encore twos i mean um madison square garden night two 2010 is is probably at least for me, my favorite encore two of all time. Um, and this is this is fighting that in terms of power, in terms of uh, song placement, in terms of um, how good this could be. This might be in, in Tampa, but they can do this in Madison Square Garden and not skip a beat. Yeah, they could. Uh, this is just even even if there's like a little lapse uh, and. You know, uh, the chorus sounded really powerful. Ed, Ed kind of, he screwed up on, on some lyrics and, you know, say what you want, but uh, it didn't really bother me too much. Uh, it was just, it, it was fine. Uh, I, because everything just sounded so energetic and so powerful. Uh, you know, going back to, to, you know, the way that Porch was played, the way that, that, uh, do the evolution in blood and and those songs were played everything was just sort of played at this very powerful pace and it just engaging energetic passionate everything was there check off all those boxes it was great um all the all the lyric flubs whether it's in getaway or moonlight or even the little one at the end of i think the first verse before the first chorus and better man didn't even notice any of them during the show not i was just so enthralled by the show they were so so good at just playing and playing and playing really well and it was just i didn't even notice it at all so. yeah you, usually you don't usually just kind of you know it sneaks up on you on a boot and you're just kind of like oh okay and you know that's uh, maybe that's how you for some people decide whether or not a boot is better than another boot or or what but yeah when you're there it's it doesn't mean shit unless mm. it's really egregious it doesn't mean shit yeah um the best part is this ending, though. Uh, yes, that, yes, that it is. Fake drum ending. Uh, they they just keep going on, and it's like end, no end here, no end here, no end here, and then there's like hold out another chord and sound like they're ending, but do another end. Like it, oh man, it's just it's hilarious. It's so good that they do it this way. Uh, I I love it, and and when when Eddie smashed his guitar at the end of the song. It got a big, big roar from from everybody from everybody in the arena. But th- that was the biggest 
that was the biggest cheer I heard from my dad the entire night was seeing Eddie smash his guitar, and it was just it was so awesome. Thank you for reminding me because I, I yes that's right I didn't write it down in my notes because I wasn't watching it but uh, I had said to you before when did Ed smash the guitar and because a lot of people that are listening that uh, uh, are on the boards uh, were talking about this and they were saying Ed was was pissed off at something well I you know I don't know any answers for that so yeah. I I guess I believe you. Uh, that takes us into Sonic Reducer. Uh, again, Ed is is just showing his his anger and edge and and just uh, you know I, I, people people in the post were saying that that he was pissed off at the crowd about something. I, I again I don't know if that's true, but I, uh, I I can't I can't confirm or deny if that was true or not. So I, I you know. Um, but this sounds this sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. I don't have a lot of notes on it just because it was it was fantastic. But again, this is this is this is a long two hour and thirty seven minute show. There's some two two hours and and long in a good way. Yeah, because it just it feels like the show doesn't end. You know, you think from Better Man, okay, it's time to it's time to close it out. They're not going to do anything else, but. No, they they go right into Sonic Reducer, and then you're going to close out the final three, and you're kind of thinking it's going to be bread and butter, but it's not. Right. Uh, you have a live here, and it what what, what I say about a live here, and and this is the first time I'm really kind of expressing this on the show is that sometimes when you get it. It feels like it's just part of going through the motions of what the sets are supposed to entail. And it doesn't make alive the 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 ultimate goal of the show, which it should be. Um, your ultimate goal should be to get to alive and have that be the most powerful song of the night. That is your ultimate goal. You need the build, you need to prep the crowd for it, you need to make them want it and get excited for it. Uh, because it is inevitable that you're going to get it. So that's how I feel about Alive here, that the build to it was just as good as getting it. I can I can 100% back up everything you're saying for being there. This was the moment for me at my first show that it was building to was Alive, and it works so perfectly i'm getting teary-eyed right now just remembering listening to alive and just filming the last chorus like that that final chorus where he goes uh we're all still alive that's what this show was building to at least for me and i got it and it works and i was i was i was my the tears were coming out so fast during that last little bit of alive it was just it was just amazing that's that's what i wanted i got it i can't complain you're rewarded for it. It's 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 a reward. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to say like like we got through a set list, but it's it's a reward for all of the hard work that you did, singing along to every song, uh, dancing, jumping, whatever it is that you did, uh, losing your voice. It is a it is the ultimate reward for all of that. I know that sometimes we've you know this is episode what 38 and we've covered a live what 37 so 
you know, we're we're going to be like, okay, well, let's kind of skip by it. But this one felt like the way they built to it and the way it was played, it felt like it deserved all of what it got. And, um, you know, because this means so much to you, I think uh, I want to play that that moment that you were saying right there about you know the we're whole all still last alive. chorus. Yeah, just the why whole last chorus. Why don't we do? Why don't we do that? And you know, if uh, if we all start getting teary eyed, we know whose fault it is. <laughs> Sorry. special moment here uh you know i i look it's it's a little sloppy i'm not going to say it was the most perfect song ever played but it didn't need to be it was because it had the power that every other hard-hitting song in this set had so i was very very happy to hear it um and then you know, you're just kind of chugging along here. Uh, at the end, you get Baba, and you you're you're pretty much in the mode now. It's like, okay, I I know how it's going to end, and you don't want to spend too much time on Baba because how much how much do we hear Baba on this show? How much are you going to hear it uh, when you go to another twenty shows uh, in the next ten years? Um, the crowd is probably going nuts. It feels like the ending feels like it's got that super powerful arena vibe to it where they're ending um real if you if you want to touch up on baba real quick but that's again i think i think there are more important matters to get to oh for sure uh i love baba i love eddie scream after the 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 the, the breakdown um the lights were on at this point everybody was standing everybody was on their feet everybody was cheering clapping um yeah it's just a it's just a great follow-up to a live um, yeah, nothing much to say. It was a good performance. Um, I'm just kind of ready to move on to the next and the, the like. What happens after? That's where I am. Yeah. Um, again, heavy hitters in the show. Hit songs were so important to making this set so good. Better Man Alive, uh, Evolution, Jeremy, Porch, uh, Wasted Reprise, all, Into Life Wasted. Right, right. Those all hit home so well that it made the show just. It makes it stand out, uh, even if you know if this was if this was Madison Square Garden, people would be calling it one of the best shows of all time. Yeah, for you know, sure. People people would be putting it up there because it's 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 that kind of caliber. Uh, and then you kind of you get to the end, and Ed kind of says, you know, here's Mike, and that's that's Matt, and that's Stone, and that's Jeff, and that's Boom, and then you know, 
uh, Mike is kind of dicking around and he gets you, he gets you a lot better and you're like, okay, that's how we're going to end it. He gives you the first like four notes, the first four notes of lead better. And I, I thought I couldn't after the alive solo and screaming my lungs out to the last chorus and then screaming my lungs out again to Bubba O'Reilly. I thought there was no way I could get any higher than how I am right now. And then he plays the first four notes of lead better. And I freak out. Out. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I needed for this. This is perfect. I love this. And but it's that's a that's not a tease. what you got. No, it's a tease. It's a total tease. And they go from Bubba O'Reilly to the first four notes of Ledbetter to Little Wing. And I'm not complaining or anything, um, but Little Wing is not up there for me. And I know, you know, for someone out there, it will be, and that's fantastic. But it just didn't do it for me. You know what I mean? No, because I, I love Little Wing. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think we need to play all that whole section there to to hear how Ledbetter kind of teased, and then you got Little Wing instead. I just, like, I feel... I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Let's, let's hear it, and then we'll kind of get into it. All right, enjoy your town. Enjoy the waves while we're gone. Get some for me. See ya, see ya. Good night. Yeah. from that you'd be really disappointed at uh, not getting led better because we we covered a show uh, a while back where they teased led better the same way it was it was way more sloppy than how they did this ed was kind of like whoa hold on hold on and they went into um what's a soldier of love uh and like that was the determining factor of me not enjoying that show because it, it it deserved lead better and I thought that they they had gypped the fans by not giving them that and Soldier of Love was kinda was kinda meh. But man, this is Little Wing. This is like this is the 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 grandfather of Yellow Lead Better, you know? It's it's what it's basically based off of. So to, to get this instead, to, to get this little, I don't know if it was an audible, I don't know if it was a tease, but to get that instead, if I were there, I would have been flipping my lid because it's just, you're, you're not getting Little Wing like this. You're getting teases sometimes, but they've only played it five times on its own. Yeah. And... I, I I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I thought it was a great way to end the show. And uh, it, it, it again, um, it gave me vibes of MSG 2010 because there were things 
that I had expected them to do during the second encore that they completely abandoned and did, you know, and, 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 um, it, it was in my eyes that, that they were going to do all along the watchtower, which I didn't want to hear again. And instead they went and did hunger strike, which is kind of on that same level as little wing of, 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 you know, rarity and, and special moments. So I kind of equate it to that. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone who was at the show or you who, who really enjoys little wing, the band killed it. They sounded great. Um, it was a, Great performance. You, and you wanted Ledbetter, though. That's totally understandable for your first I show. I just wanted Ledbetter for my first show. I thought I thought it would have been a great triple three-song ender of a live Bubba O'Reilly and, and Ledbetter. I thought I thought it would have been perfect. Uh, I'm not complaining or anything. just gives me one more reason to go see them again. Um, so I'm not trying to take anything away. It's just I wanted Ledbetter. I, I, was, I, I was in the camp of you could for a long time that you couldn't do a Pearl Jam show without ending with Ledbetter. Um, and yeah, I, I had seen indifference end shows and I, I, I was fine with it, but I, I always thought that it's, you know, in the same way that Corduroy, it's not a Pearl Jam show until you hear Corduroy. Um, it's not a Pearl Jam show unless it ends with Ledbetter. That's I've always, I always kind of felt like that, and and really, when you you're early in going to these shows, uh, at, at your position that you are right now, I feel like that's such a that it's such a powerful. You need you kind of need it for your first for your first time. So I know where you're coming from, and I I, I sense the disappointment, and I, I know that you know the the veteran showgoer is probably at this moment being like wow this is incredible but um yeah your first show you probably should have gotten a lot better for your first show yeah but I, I again i'm not complaining or anything that's that is it that is the end of your first show so um why don't you rate it sure um so we we uh we touched upon this actually early on i think before we Maybe before we started or very early on at the start of the show. Um, I absolutely love the show. And my second sentence I wrote in this little like concluding thing I have is, I think if someone asked me, like, what's the average Pearl Jam live experience? Like, I could present them this show and this is like the absolute most. You're going to get something like this every single night. You know, you've got the hits like Jeremy, Alive animal evolution all that stuff and then you get like the weirder stuff the the the, play, the songs that they play you know uh not as much like moonlight which is a weird song and then hard to imagine and come back which they don't play all that often um and then you get covers that are super great like reducer and bubba o'reilly and imagine and little wing you know you're you're singing along the band's on fire um this is like the most standard pro jam show possible i think in my opinion um for for me being there with with it being my first show, seeing it with my dad, uh, the stories Eddie told, the lightning bolt effect, the cow, I, I have to give this show just a personal ten. I mean, I I know that's that's big, that's a lot, but and it, and it probably will change when I see other shows for sure. But as of right now, just with all the factors that are set right now, it's got to be a ten for me. It's just it's so special to me. This yeah, you know this is. This is more 
than just a show in Tampa uh, to me. Um, and I, I, we've gotten kind of varying comments, and most of most of every everything that we've heard has been very positive. Uh, but I didn't get this sense that before listening to this show that this show was gonna be like on the level magnitude of you know Chicago shows, Philadelphia shows, Boston shows, New York shows, Seattle shows, uh, you know London shows. Um, I, and, and it's that, that we, we talk about it more. It, it blows me away that they even came close to that. Cause I thought this was kind of going to be more like the Hartford show that we did a couple weeks ago where, you know, sort of, you know, um, mid-level American city gets really, uh, really good show for its, its city and doesn't, you know, necessarily get, uh, all the same stuff that New York or or Philly gets, but um, it gets a lot of 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 good memorable stuff. But this was, man, you could plug this. This was better than the Madison Square Garden uh, Night Two show. Uh, the Night One wow. show set list was was really good. The Night Two uh, of this same year, um, besides you know maybe Cheap Trick and, and Sting, I think this was a better set list. Uh, Night one set list was really good. It has a lot of songs that that I loved. I just didn't. I being at that show, I was I was a pissy jerk and didn't accept it for what it was because I didn't hear anything new. But um, I, looking back on that, I, I think that that show was 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 a really good set. But I think this 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 show could have been inserted into one of those nights and not skip the beat. Yeah. So for that, that's as high a praise that I can possibly give something um you know and and it it had its flaws it had its flaws in in spots uh you know i uh, some of the some of the middle songs just kind of uh the down tune stuff didn't really work for me um but man did the good stuff sound really really good and i went into the show before talking to you and had it like eight territory with the uh, in the chance to get it to 8.5. Uh, it is skipped 8.5, and I'm giving it nine. Wow, that's great. That's I yeah. like to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's 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 every it's just the realization you get, and and it helps that you know you for you get a first time, and you're always going to speak well of your first show, but you know it it just sort of that rubs off on you and then you see the big stuff that they did the big stuff felt big and i'm i've you know in the last little while i've started to get the realization that those are the reasons why this band is so good and why this band is uh is such a treat to keep going to see over and over and over again so uh but uh that's that's all we got that's um i'm going to say goodbye to you right now uh and thank you for for doing this for coming on to the show uh eddie is a patreon donor and uh for people that uh donate to our patreon account they get to do exactly what eddie did today come on and talk about either their first show their ninth show their 50th show whatever show maybe a show that i haven't even gone to that that they heard on on the radio back in 1994 you know like anything 
that that's what you get for for joining onto our Patreon. And Eddie, uh, Eddie did it today, and uh, I thank you for 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 doing this, for coming on, sharing your stories, getting a little emotional when you had to get emotional, and uh, uh, we had a good time. I, I I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, man, I, I love this. I love talking Pearl Jam. It's my favorite band. I have no problem shedding a few tears over Pearl Jam. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come up on here. Um, I, I appreciate it. Keep doing what you guys are doing. It's great. Love the content. Um, thank you again. Can't can't say thank you enough. Um, just just thanks. You got it, man. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll do this again real soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's. Before we get to some good stories here, I just wanted to mention that, yep, Eddie's on tour this weekend, starting on Sunday in Amsterdam. Uh, For any of you that are going to these shows, the Amsterdam shows, or any of these uh, shows on the European tour, including uh, the uh, where he's opening up for The Who later in the month or July, whenever that is, uh, please feel free to write into us. Let us know what your show experience was like. We you know we're all encompassing here we don't want to just know about pearl jam we want to know about eddie too uh eddie doesn't change as much as the band does but uh he will throw in a couple little curveballs in there and it's always a pretty good time to hear him live no matter what so if you are attending any of those shows in the next couple weeks drop us a line let us know what you think uh drop us a video share it with our social media accounts and we would be happy to take in all of that good stuff and uh speaking of good stuff this right here is um this might be one of the best stories we tell uh, on our show, um, and you'll see in a minute. We, we mentioned it before when we were talking about Hard to Imagine that it was dedicated uh, to Bill, who, um, who had survived brain cancer. And um, we were lucky enough to hear from his wife, and she reached out to us and after she reached out to us we kind of went back and forth a little bit and we were able to uh we were able to hear from bill and bill sent us a really really incredibly uh just gracious email uh with his story um and it's uh it it's inspiring it's uh it (laughs) <laughs> you know the 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 term loss for words isn't that you have a loss for what words to uh, to say it it's that you can say so many words but you're so afraid to make them perfect that you you sort of of lose them and that's that's how i feel um when talking about this situation because it's you'll see you know uh when i tell this that it's um you'll you'll think you know, maybe this is a sad story that I'm about to tell right now, but it's absolutely not. It's a story of positivity. It's a story of inspiration. And I'm hoping anybody out there that could be listening, uh, that is going through something, uh, tragic, hard to deal with. I mean, brain cancer is probably the worst of the worst, but everybody has their own, uh, things that they're working with. Uh, hopefully this can inspire, uh, some hope. So this is um, this is Bill's story. So on my onto my Tampa story. It began in the fall of 2011. My fiance, now my wife Carolyn, we were about to travel from our home in Cleveland to go see two Pearl Jam shows in Toronto. Instead, I ended up in the hospital with what looked to be a seizure, but instead it was a glioblastoma, brain cancer, and I had a 50/50 shot at being alive in a year. 
Fortunately, the surgeon got the tumor out, but my mind had been scrambled since then. My speech and word finding are still terrible to this day. At the time, PJ-20, the movie came out and my brother brought me in the soundtrack. My head and my brain were so scattered that when I listened to the first song, which was release, the music and the words were all jumbled and I couldn't recognize anything. Uh, Carolyn and I were able to keep our original wedding date in 2012. Because of the chemo and the radiation, we were a long shot to have children, but we did. Olivia was born in December of 2015. The only thing that would keep me away from her was the lightning bolt tour. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> everything so far is just, um, if, you, if you can't smile right now, I, I don't know what to tell you. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, uh, I'll, con- I'll continue on here. We got tickets to the Tampa show in April where my father lived at the time, but before the tour, I put a post on the Facebook page of the band. It was Olivia with a PJ onesie saying, thank you Pearl Jam, because of your music, my daddy beat brain cancer, and he had me. Can you play Hard to Imagine in Tampa for us? Thank you. Well, somehow, Eddie saw it. We went to the show, we were in the middle of the pit, ten people away from the stage, when all of a sudden, I heard the first lick of the song, and I couldn't believe it. Then Eddie starts talking, and I thought, wow, someone else must have requested this song. And then he mentioned brain cancer, and I thought, wow, somebody who had brain cancer (laughs) requested the song. And then thought, whoa, wait a minute, is this happening? Carolyn was sobbing, and I tried to yell thank you and wave to Eddie, but I couldn't get his attention. But man, when I got the bootleg and saw the videos on YouTube, it still gives me chills. When you listen to the boot, you can tell Ed was not very happy with the crowd all night, and it was pretty tame, but man, it was the best concert moment I've ever had, and how can it not be? How can it absolutely not be? Um, Just, the band, look, there are people out there that feel like they're entitled to things, and I I say that because everybody sees it, they're... You know, there, there's entitlement to a new album, there's entitlement to a tour, there's entitlement to hear certain songs on the tour, but no one is entitled to anything. Um, and it's, and the band sees all that, and the band kind of can laugh off requests for things like Dirty Frank and, and the Play Leash You Pussies thing, and, um, but... The band is always paying attention. The band is always paying attention to the fans that need it the most. And um, Bill is one of those that absolutely deserved a moment like this. Um, And I feel like the band has this responsibility whenever they they see that a fan is in need that, um, you know, that it is a genuine moment that they feel like they need to step up for uh for somebody that helped them they helped through such a hard time it feels like it's probably the least that they can do so it's um just a remarkable story and has a has a fun little ending here that he actually got to thank eddie in person for um uh at the 2016 world series uh bill being an indians fan and ed obviously being a cubs fan he said he got to shake his hand very quickly but uh yeah that's what a wonderful story bill we absolutely just we thank you for 
sharing that with us and um uh, you know really we thank you for just <laughs> the story inspire is inspiring it can it can in- inspire so much hope and so much power and passion that um i hope that somebody listening right now uh it could be just one person if if it's one person that that it can change their minds that then uh then it worked it it did its job so um thank you so much for for doing this i'm i'm you know everything that i said about hard to imagine earlier uh doesn't mean jack um placement you know didn't feel like it meant as much in the middle of the set that it wasn't a rarity whatever take that you know that that's all that's all crap talk radio right there um you know i'm it doesn't mean anything this right here this is what it means so once again bill thank you so it's going to be really tough to top that story but we have one more that i'd like to share with you guys uh before we get into other important matters uh so this is from uh smallest oceans is the person's name on the porch board uh it says the show remains pretty clear in my memory from all the 2016 shows i saw after partying pretty hard in miami at the previous show i needed some time to recover so i was just chilling in clearwater beach for a couple of days everyone had high expectations for the show and so did i i wanted to make sure i took the show in with a clear head i ended up arriving later at the pre-party had a beer and met up with an awesome couple from Texas who, of course, you meet up with couples from shows and you forget their names. Of course you do. Uh, That made my day. Looking back, yeah, it turned out to be a hot show in a hot location. Had a nice reserved seat not too far back on the floor. Didn't have to worry about GA or any of that bullshit. It was nice to arrive right at, at showtime for a change. In my opinion, it was the best Florida show of 2016 with Jacksonville being not too far behind. The first set was one of my favorite sets that I've seen the band play. The energy was just there. They came out swinging and never let up. Played maybe one slow song, great flow, great escalation, great balance, jabs, hooks, uppercuts. That ending fit fittingly with blood. Nice early run with Love Boat Captain. It was my first time seeing it live with the extended intro. Low Light, always welcome. Red Mosquito, always a treat. Hard to imagine. Hard to imagine was played in the ninth spot. First time seeing that gem. But that's why it's generally better to see more shows on years that they're not promoting an album because the set lists are much more unpredictable. Songs like Hard to Imagine, Long Road, Release were not being played mid-set in 2013. You weren't getting deep cuts in like in the moonlight and education mid-set you weren't getting full album shows in 2013 and in the moonlight is killer indeed emoji face with that being said all the lightning bolt material still feels fresh and it was kicking ass that night getaway father son pendulum opened the first encore which i'm not sure it happened before pendulum is aging really well probably my favorite song they've released in a long time so off he goes for the first time come back only five songs from ten were played, so the ten overkill factor was not as present as it sometimes is later in the show. All five songs were evenly spaced out, 
adding to the balance, no black for a change, and the show never got too emotional. It was just a fun show that never got too serious. And let's not forget Little Wing capping things off with McCready's Flying Bee. That was unforgettable, and they need to cover more Jimmy. I want to see McCready shred this one. It'd be right in his wheelhouse, and he shared... uh, he shared something. I don't know what it is because it's just a picture of Jimi Hendrix. So, um, thank you, uh, Small Explosions. Um, Jesus, is that you? No, it's just me. It's Matt. I made it. From where? Uh, the vet. Well, well, well. I'm, 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 I'm glad they, uh, they, they finally got you spayed there. I, I was in I was in need. It was it was time. <laughs> you were you were pumping out t- way too many way too many puppies. Yeah. I you need to control the population, sir. Yeah. That's why you have you have to get all these gigs in because you have like about too many puppies to to <laughs> uh, to pay for. Just to but. let everyone know, I I don't have any stray puppies running around, <laughs> uh, <laughs> canine or human. Uh, and by the magic of editing, it's going to make it sound like I, I am here on the same day. But it is, it is actually the next day, and we thought we'd, we'd fit this in real quick. Yeah, and that's why if you can hear my voice right now, it's definitely uh, it is morning, Randy. Without his coffee, he doesn't drink because <laughs> he doesn't wake up at eight a.m. So I, um, uh, I'm normally up, but and I did have my coffee. The only problem is if I sound weird, it's. My allergies have been really bad, and I forgot to tell you too. Last night, I burnt the roof of my mouth. I mean, everyone's burnt the roof of their mouth before, but this is like beyond burn. Uh, What'd you burn it on? Pizza. Of course you did. I, I was I gonna pizza, say pizza. Yeah, I ate pizza after after I after I I did the whole thing with the pup, and uh, oh my god, like it's 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 unbelievable how badly I burnt the roof of my mouth. <laughs> I feel like. If there was like a top ten list or a top five list for top five things that would destroy the top of your mouth, it would be pizza would be number one, and oh, it's, then it's number, number two one. would be question mark question mark, and then number three would be like soup, soup, yeah, maybe like like a clam chowder or something like it's that. It's like a thick a thick hot soup that could really stick. Yeah, to it. I'm thinking also. Coffee, yeah, but more specifically, Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't Ooh. know how do they keep it so hot. It is, yeah, you're right. And and usually, I mean, like, I feel like Seven Eleven coffee, and most of you listening probably don't even have Seven Elevens. Uh, I feel like that coffee goes cold rather quickly. Oh yeah, but du- Dunkin' Donuts coffee, man, you can be like 10 minutes later and still burning yourself it's awful yep it's awesome um <laughs> yes it's awesome to burn the top of well, i mean it's, it's, it's awesome that you could you don't have to rush through it because dunkin donuts coffee will stay hot yes it's probably that, that. the the uh you know wonderful for the environment super thick styrofoam cups they use so yeah <laughs> don't know how we're recycling those but um so uh you uh researched the show like the rest of us um you want to take a minute to tell us what you think i would yeah so i listened to it twice and i really enjoyed it we're used to seeing marathon shows 
especially something with two large encores. I mean, you could even call encore one and encore two just a whole second set. It's it's pretty wild. Uh, we're used to seeing stuff like this be a, a a bit of a marathon, but they start off full sprint on this show. I I I, I couldn't believe it. These song choices in set one. It's so. Uh, I, I don't know. They feel like a different band. They they're they're just you know they start off running and they don't really stop ever. I'm gonna make it quick because I just had a, a couple general feelings about the whole thing. Why go? I really liked as the opener because the energy was really good. I thought Mind Your Manners was was a little. Mind Your Manners felt weird. It felt like it felt like it was maybe the first or second time they played it on a support tour. Uh, but it wasn't. It's like three years later. I yeah, which led me into my first kind of general criticism was this was not a very good Jeff show. Uh, I oh, thought, I thought otherwise. I thought this was a great Jeff show. Oh, I thought I thought Jeff was kind of a mess. Uh, I I made sure to listen to this on my headphones to ha- have the bass really in my ear, and his energy was fantastic. But you know what I say sometimes. You know if you're if you're falling off the fretboard or if you're hitting wrong notes, anything like that, maybe dial it back and focus on the performance just a little bit more. You could still have fun, but I, I need to make sure that you're playing your parts <laughs> correctly. But So that was the one thing, and that was just kind of throughout the whole show. I, I loved his energy. I just thought he was really sloppy. Yeah, I mean, continuing on, it was just, uh, like I said, a sprint. Got some animal super early, uh, animal and why go early. Like I said, I, I usually don't like that, or I don't like it when they switch them up. Uh, and uh, this was this was just kicking ass. Love Boat Captain, long intro. I wasn't sure how I was going to like this because I like Love Boat Captain super early, and I thought this might have been a strange spot for it after Corduroy and how it would work with Corduroy, but um, this extended intro was cool. It was kind of like, it was like a jam session that really led into the song naturally. That's what That's what made the placement fit really well, I thought. I don't know how you guys felt about it because, like I said, this is the next day. I haven't actually listened to your episode yet, but <laughs> that's how, that's that's that was my takeaway on on that extended intro. I don't know how how did you guys feel about it? Uh, I well, I loved it. Um, I I mean, I've always loved it. I, there was one uh, this past year that was mm-hmm. done in somewhere in Europe, and uh, I was listening to on a live stream when when they were doing it live, and I'm like what the hell is this where are they going with this i'm really into it but i'm like really i'm on the edge of my seat to see where they go with this and then when they do that doom 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 doom, i i lost my shit yeah yeah i I think that's just a really good effective way to be able to place it basically anywhere you want in a set and and it'll work out yeah my uh, my only thing was that i thought it was a little redundant that in corduroy the fifth song ed says good evening to everybody and then right after he does the let let the show begin mm-hmm. part i thought I was, I was just like oh like it's a it's a little too late for that it, it, and i think i made too much of a a deal out of it but uh uh it, it just it was weird yeah he could have just sang it straight i guess uh, i i do completely agree with that but i think that's nitpicking on both of our sides yes very much so yeah uh again same with same with low light coming right after it i not crazy about it here but uh the low light red mosquito hard to imagine trio there was fucking incredible you know uh, i i absolutely love that i thought they all worked really well together 
It got a little strange here. I liked Evenflow. I thought Evenflow was pretty good. A uh, little sloppy here and there. I, I think you would mention that too. Or was it alive? I thought they were both not sloppy, but uh, full of energy. Good sloppy. Um, I think they were good yeah, sloppy. Yeah, the one, the one thing about Evenflow that we did mention was that Ed uh, was just kind of... He was having fun. He was kind of going off as sarcastic. You know, I can't help when I'm happy. I, I look insane or yeah. whatever he did at that point. And it was just kind of... You know, they, it was like they had played it before, but they were also having fun with it in that fashion. So, right. Yeah, and, and it wasn't. That, exactly. And that's actually my other kind of criticism was I uh, I don't want to say this wasn't a good Eddie show because I thought Eddie was great in spots. But there were a couple times where he was just an absolute disaster. And I, I get you're having fun, but, you know, like do the evolution. How many times does he just like fuck up like the entire thing? And it's like, but. But why? Like, I understand if you're a guitar player, you're jumping around, you miss some chords, kind of like what was happening with Jeff today. But I mean, if Eddie's jumping around, do the lyrics fall out of your head? I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. So that happened a bunch of times here. So my my general criticism for the show was that I, I didn't think it was a good Eddie show and I didn't think it was a good Jeff show. But for the other half of the time, uh, it's their it's their passion that that's carrying them through. So it, it's passable, but... Uh, a couple things were a, a little too sloppy for my liking, but it's it's not a huge deal. That was the only real thing that I, I came up with. Um, so this section was was okay. Uh, unfortunately, these are not really my favorite songs here. Uh, I thought Daughter was wonderful, but uh, I'm not really a huge My Father's Son fan. I'm not really a huge Getaway fan. I liked his talking points here, though, because he actually sort of made sense, and he also gave Matt Cameron the spotlight in this moment, which, you know, you got it. That was a great story. That was one of the better stories we've heard. In it a while. really was. It really was. And and you got to give Cameron the spotlight. And he, you know, he, he deserves it. I think. Yeah, those getaway in the moonlight. They're just they're not really my some of my favorite songs, unfortunately. So this area was a tad boring for me. But I thought everything was played well. Jeremy played well. Uh, Do the evolution. I thought was was <laughs> pretty bad. But uh, the band sounded kick ass. Blood was kick ass. Encore one awesome wasn't sure how i was gonna like pendulum starting off there it sounds like an opener song uh i i, I it was coming off a little strange at first but uh, i can't complain when the song is in the set because i love it and then everything after that was was great uh lucan eddie might as well have just maybe not sang on it at all uh, just <laughs> let, let the bands go with it uh this riffy porch was the riff the riff master and uh, ugh, and a little just, bit softer now a little bit softer oh, now man. yeah that, i think that part gets me worse than the riff yeah all of a sudden they're the fucking isley brothers going into shout here we had talked how it was really cool that they did elderly woman instead of uh, last kiss here they kind of surprised us and i'm sure that was just absolutely unforgettable for the people in the crowd because yeah it, it's nice to be noticed when you're sitting behind the stage and then it's like oh so you show your love for us by singing us last kiss <laughs> and i said to you what he says you know we're gonna play one for the people in the back you hear just everything just die and it's like oh you just lost them you lost <laughs> them all then they do the count off and it was fantastic i, I loved it um imagine great we finally get wasted into wasted here the latter half, life wasted, was just okay. 
a lot of these a lot of these songs were played like uh, I'd like to say passionately, but a lot of them were played like maybe they hadn't played them in a while or or that they were brand new. Like I said, there's sloppy good and there's there's sloppy not so good. Some of these were not so great, but it was fun. You know, Better Man, you had mentioned to me before we started recording, little sloppy, and I agree, vocally a little sloppy, but uh, fuck, if it wasn't passionate, you know, it was, yeah, it was it, absolutely it was... full of passion. So Sonic Reducer's fine. It's it's fine when it pops up, not my favorite. Um, Alive was great. Bob O'Reilly was great. Little Wing was great. I mean, yeah, and, and Eddie's really connecting with the crowd in in a way that we sometimes don't hear. Sometimes we hear it where it's just the incoherent ramblings of a crazy old man. And sometimes it's like this where it feels like you're having like a conversation with him. Uh, I thought he totally hit the mark with it on this night. Uh, he was really engaging. The band was super powerful and strong. It was both sloppy good and sloppy not so good. I thought the set list was absolutely kick-ass. There were a couple songs that I don't care for, but the flow was amazing. So I, I could even look past the songs that I don't like because they all fit really well together. Yeah, I gotta give this one I gotta give this one an eight. I was gonna go seven point five because it was Tampa. You know, you don't expect Tampa to come out like this, but uh, this was a great fucking show. I loved it. Yeah, I mean I made the point uh at the end there that I, I think if you insert this set list and this passion in a place like Madison Square Garden or Philadelphia or Boston, Chicago uh, it's going down as one of the all-time greats. Anyway, uh, I uh, I was thinking. So uh, should we uh, should we ditch who you are today and and just go into uh, uh, doing our 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 contest for the end here or what? Yeah, I th- I think that's a good idea. Since I mean, who you are is basically it's it's redundant. It's it's going to tell you exactly, exactly the same thing. It's going to tell you exactly who, who you are. And 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 people told already told us who who they are yeah. and what they wanted from from us. And um, I guess I was, maybe I was maybe very the, happy. Maybe the song finally implanted itself into the people's heads. I be, I, be I nice suppose and, so. Nice I, and low in the background, and and now now I now we know who they are because they participated. I well, it's it's also my vigorous uh, social media. True. So why don't why don't I run through the nominees one more time, and uh, then we will get to uh, to picking one. So here we are, and the nominees are Lexington, two thousand and sixteen; Leeds, two thousand and fourteen; Vienna, two thousand and fourteen; Copenhagen, two thousand and twelve; Toledo, two thousand and four; New Orleans Jazz Fest, two thousand and sixteen; Denver, two thousand and fourteen. Boston, 2010. San Diego, 2000. Greenville, 2016. DC, 2008. St. Louis, 2000. Boston Night 2, 2004. Alpine Valley, The Ice Bowl, 2000. Not Las Vegas, The Vault Show, 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, 1993. Tampa, 2008. I was trying to do my best movie phone impression. Movie phone. (laughs) remember movie phone (laughs) okay uh let's uh we got all these in a hat we're gonna randomly pick here randy is literally picking out of a hat literally Uh, you can hear it the excitement all right i got my one drum roll please open it up right now 
and the wiener is ho ho okay this is a good one this is a good one the winner of the contest is st louis 2000 Ooh, a 2000 show i okay i'm excited yeah that was uh that was uh requested by jeff keller or Kohler, uh, and he is. Uh, I'm. I, I'm. I'm glad because he's somebody that is has definitely participated in conversation with us in the past. So, uh, and that's an open invitation to Jeff to come on the show and talk to us and talk about uh, and talk about his experience there. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of really popular stuff in this. Uh, like um, the deaf ver- um, the sign like I didn't want to say deaf the sign language uh, version of Given a Fly, uh, which was made popular uh, on the Touring Man DVD. So there there's lots of you know and bi- binaural. It's um, we kind of go back to back to basics a little bit. We get like half of the albums cut off, and uh, you know. I I think this was uh this was a fantastic choice. I think a lot of these, looking back, I I, I would have been fine covering mostly all these. Uh, and now that we have them on list, uh, you know, we can we can get to them in any time that we want, which is uh is gonna be good for for everybody. Yeah, maybe um. Hey, if if you like them all, maybe we could, you know, in a in a couple weeks, pick another one out of a hat yeah, or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got we got the summer series that we're doing, and then September is uh, pretty much wide open. You might have to do a couple shows by yourself um, <laughs> before because because you... uh, <laughs> reasons. Um, but then uh, I'm 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 gonna try to keep things open besides you know uh keeping in the msg stuff uh you know that i'm pretty much open to to anything and obviously you guys out there uh you know if you are listening and you're sad that you didn't get to participate uh their participation is never ending this is a never ending uh experience for us it's a never ending experience for you so uh write to us at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com let us know what you think and if you want to be guaranteed a show patreon is the way to go and trust me you get a lot more back for patreon uh than than you give so um we'll send you a bootleg of any show that we've covered uh you know depending on uh how much you're you're willing to uh to spare we can we can send you a shirt um and it goes into a lot of good stuff too that we're we're having planned for the future so uh anything else uh i guess we tea madam i'm glad you uh we got you on uh at the end here because we're two weeks without you is uh that's 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 sad times for all you know what it's it's funny yeah i i I love talking about these shows because uh playing myself and listening to it over and over again and critiquing and it's fun uh but i also i also don't mind sometimes uh having a like a fresh listen to 
to the episode at the same time. You know, like I go into be a fan as well. I go into edit it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and we always have great guests, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, we we got Buckley coming on next week. So oh it's just, Jesus! Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say entertaining shit show because uh, you know just busting his balls, but um, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be fun. We're we're I know you got a busy week next week, so we decided uh, that we're going to ease up a little bit and give you a shorter set list uh, to edit with. Uh, Zurich, Switzerland, 1992. Will be the earliest thing that we've covered so far. This was a pretty popular bootleg it's got something that you know they've barely ever done live since uh that is is very important and we will touch upon that it's also an anniversary so i figured this was a a good time for it because buckley and i went back and forth on what what should we do and and i i kind of took a hard stance and he was really like we gotta do indio to uh 1993 and i told him like look We'll do Indio when it's the anniversary of Indio in November. So Buckley will be back on again for that, and then he's yeah. Bu- Buckley Buckley will show up a couple times in the next couple months because he's uh, he's going to be on that MSG uh, Night Two 2010 show too, which is like that that should be the pinnacle of what everybody's waiting for at this point because especially the MSG shows. So yeah. Uh, all right, I think we close this out now by saying the end be here. Well, here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. We thank you to, uh, again, goes out to Eddie Quintana, uh, to Bill, who shared his phenomenal story with us, and uh, to Matt for actually uh, showing make, showing up for work today. Um, uh, a day late, but it's okay. Uh, and uh, although we won't see you next week, we will miss you very, very badly. And we will see you in... To, well, the next time we'll see you is for the St. Louis show that, that just won. Yeah. So, everybody say bye to Matt. Bye, Matt. Bye, guys. And my my little pupperino thanks you all for understanding that I needed to take him to the vet. <laughs> He's a good boy. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine. He's good. So, bye. Bye. <laughs>